updates, baby. Updates. Oh, I'm doing wait. good. How was your week, my friend? My week has been uh been pretty good, yeah, bro. I'm uh well, it's, like, it's, I, I it's say... a weird thing. It's a weird thing to ask how how was your week, but it's Tuesday. Yeah, but we, our week week runs from a Tuesday to a Tuesday, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Not for uh, long, though. Not for, long. not for long. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say it now and I'll say it again at the end. Uh, this is the last um, Tuesday edition of the weekly anime recap. From next week on, it will be moved to Mondays. That's right, people. We are because, going back to Mondays. Because we have to adult. We have to look after little mini versions of ourselves. And yeah, we just can't do it on Tuesdays. So it'll be Mondays, but it'll still be the same Mike. Mike will still be the same, giving you professional reviews. I'll still be here insulting Mike. It'll be great. We'll all have fun. What else is new, right, guys? What else is new? But yeah, that's that's our that's our plan. So yeah, guys, we're going back to Mondays. Just just life, you know. But yeah, I've, I've been got, I was I was been got, well, I've got kind of a cold I've had over the past couple of days, so I wasn't able to do my own stream yesterday. But you know, I'm hyped. I know Lauren's planning something for the end of the week, and it's my birthday. For those who don't know, on Saturday, <gasps> it's his birthday. Yep, we're going to pin him down, live stream us shaving his head. I mean, I really hope you guys haven't planned that, because if that's the case, I'm running. No, no, to be fair, I won't I won't pin you down and shave your head unless there's a big charity donation in relation <laughs> to it. Pinning me down and shaving my head. No, no, Loz. And Loz said a stripper, so if there's a stripper, I mean, I'm there, okay? Just, 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 just saying that now. <laughs> hey, the good thing is, I'm not expensive. <laughs> I knew there was a reason. <laughs> what else am I invited, man? Yeah, you, you get to see the truffle shuffle in all its glory. The truffle shuffle, that's brilliant. That's actually brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, guys, I hope you've oh, all yeah. been having an amazing week. We've had a jam-packed, filled week of anime, uh, as per usual at this at the current start of this season. Still no new dub releases on the, on the downside, but hopefully looking to have some out next week. I noticed uh, Adventurers Who Don't Believe in Humanity Will Save the World had their third episode released this week, which likely means hopefully their dub will start releasing next week. Um, if we're going by the three-episode rule, and the other animes I reckon will be the week after for dub, I hope. Um, so we're, we're running on, on we, schedule. But we do still have one this week, we do. which uh, is Tomo-chan. Uh, which I have got some thoughts about, and I look forward to seeing what you think about them, Mike. Yes, indeed. I've uh, whilst we're talking on the subject of platform guys, uh, we will. I am one episode behind with my life is an Unakai Sans dog because I am watching the uncensored version on a website that will not be named. Um, so we, we, we are a little bit uh, behind. But hold on, what? <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> I totally didn't say. I did totally didn't cough and say horn dog. <laughs> oh right, I thought you said hold on. Um, no, I said horn dog. You watching the uncensored versions, bloody perv. Oh, on on a sadder note, while we're speaking about uncensored versions, for those of you who were hoping for Ayakashi Triangle to be uncensored this season, you will unfortunately have to wait till next season. They are only releasing the uncensored version with the Blu-ray disc that comes out after the twelve episode run. Um, which is really sad. I'll touch on that a little bit more later, but I really hate floating stickers coming up uh, and really ruining the quality of the picture. Um, yeah, that that's that irritates me greatly. Like, you know, at least there's so many shows um, which I've seen where it's like, you know, oh, they're naked, but they're in the shower, so it's misty, so you can't see any. Yeah, that looks natural. Uh... Don't just put a giant, like, you know, dumbass sticker on the screen, which is just really, like, takes you out of the moment. Yeah. So it's, it's 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 not great. 
But yeah, guys, so those, those we've we've got obviously got our episode reviews. We've got our character versus character today, which we'll be looking at a little bit later on with the theme this week being thunder slash lightning. Um, this week's special segment will be on JRPGs. Uh, we are looking at the Legend of Heroes Trail series in relation to their anime as well. Thought it would be a nice little link in, and we've got a couple of recommendations which we'll touch on near the end of the podcast as per usual. Just to say, because I'm not going to look until we do the character versus character, there is still time to vote in the Discord uh, for whose character you want to win from last week's episode. So I might it might swing the vote. I don't know. I haven't looked. I have no idea what the score is. So if you still want to vote, vote before we get to that section of the podcast, and your votes will be counted. <laughs> but you may still be charged! <laughs> Uh, you won't be charged for voting. It's free. No, no, it's, it's free, guys. I, I'm memeing. <laughs> uh, Mike, Mike's, Mike's cheap. He doesn't cost anything. This is true. Um, <laughs> and this week, guys, so this week is week two of the... Well, technically winter 2023. Winter starts is the first month of the yearly season for anime. So week two, and I've named... I've dubbed this week Openings Week because most anime this week will have their opening themes. Some are great, some are questionable, and some are absolute dog shit. We will touch on those as we go along. I don't know what anime it was that you were watching it for, but I remember we were in, we were in Discord chat i was playing a game or something and you were just sat there just watching the openings and it was one you switched off halfway through and you were like no this song is shit turned <laughs> it off. yeah yeah i, I mean, can't remember what i know i still don't know actually i don't think you ever told me which anime opening it well, was i'm sure we'll i just remember i hope that. i've written i'm sure we will <laughs> i'm uh, sure we will but i just remember that and it was very funny oh yeah it was uh, yeah i remember that actually so without further ado, guys, we're going into the first anime of this season, and honestly... Low like, card! Low card? No, high card. And when I say that this anime is a dark horse, I mean that this anime is a dark horse. I was not expecting this to be so good. Um, so firstly, I want to say this straight off the bat, ironically, considering this comes out on a Monday, and I start my review list from Monday to Sunday, this is my favourite opening of the season. Uh, while we're talking about openings week, I was blown away by the the kind of vibe that this opening was given off. They linked it so well with the uh, the theme and the the kind of well, I can't, I can't quite get the word to describe it perfectly. Um, but it has quite a like a casino kind of theme. And when I was thinking, oh, kind of casinos, kind of cards, kind of gambling, it came in perfectly. And it was just giving me like all those right vibes. But that was the opening. Right, for those of you who are, inter- who are interested, when you watch it, you'll know what I'm saying. But anyway, this was a great episode this week. We started to learn more about how the cards work. So we learned that the cards are ranked uh, by, their, by, their, by their number. And the the weakest being the number two and the strongest being ace so it goes two to ten jack queen king ace so much like if you're playing a game of 21 slash blackjack where ace can be one or eleven in this case ace is the strongest card uh so it's, it's considered the top of the deck not the bottom of the deck um so our main character having what i believe is the two of spades is one of the weaker character cards uh but we all like an underdog story right so we learn that he gets uh, kidnapped by these this other team who uh, who he encountered at the start, and that was quite uh, a shock to say the least. I thought they were just going to off him, 
But no, they recruit him uh, into the organization, which, ironically enough, is the name of the anime. It is called High Card. Uh, they've been given a mission by the king uh, in what seems to be kind of set on like a European kind of country. And for those of you who watch Black Clover, the country is set out like Black Clover's country. We have the North being the Spade Kingdom, the East being the uh, Club Kingdom, the West being the Diamond Kingdom, and the South being the Heart Kingdom. Uh, and they're all kind of split into it based on... They have a specific name. I can't remember the exact names for each of the kingdoms, but that is like their logo for each kingdom. Now, they recruit him into this as it's a mission by the king that they've been given to gather up all the cards because they are not bad people who use their cards for bad things. However, there are a lot of people out there who will use their cards and the special powers these cards give them for evil. Uh, we'll start to learn a little bit more about the cards and some of their powers. Uh, one of the people on the team have the card that allows them to uh, freely control vines. Um, we've already met Mr. Marble Guy, who was fighting our main character in the first episode. Um... And just as I said before, his card means that he has to eat a lot um, when he uses it. Our main character, we learn that he has enhanced precision when he uses the two of spades, which means basically he's very good at shooting in a straight line. Uh, he has the least out there ability, uh, but which can be used the most effectively, ironically. And the rest of the episode then revolves around them trying to get the five of diamonds, I want to say, uh, which was... A hardening card, it turned your body kind of to rock, and any shots that were fired at this were just bouncing off. Um, so, Mr. Uh, has to eat loads to heal his, uh, his, his self. Decided to just take this guy who was like clambering on the hood of the car and dug them in both all in the ocean, uh, where our MC had to save him and shoot out the window. Uh, with his precision aim to let them float to the top and escape this drowning car basically it was very well executed the action is very smooth i keep saying this um i'm very impressed by the animation and the story is definitely one of the most original i've seen in a while we've seen, obviously we watch a lot of isekai here we know that a lot of isekai are very uh repetitive same with shounen uh which for those of you who don't know are anime that are targeted towards uh the younger male audience um and they they're all very samey you know you've always got this similar plot line so to have something this refreshing and new is very nice and very unexpected so high praise for high card on its second episode so i have a question yeah go for it you mentioned uh, last week uh, something in relation to the first arc or season or whatever it was is focusing on the numbered cards and then the later one or the second story follows the face cards with the ace being the strongest card Mm -hmm. would that come under the number cards or the face cards uh i'm not sure because what you're talking about there is not the same show (laughs) the the show that you're referring to is uh rack my brain a second because why have i had a brain fart lars what was the show that we just binge watched Alice in Borderland. That's that's the that was, that was the show um, that had Never the mind. face cards. But no, good question. Um, this actually, is what happens when I don't watch them. Uh, I guess in this case, I guess in this case, honestly, uh, if we if I was to generally answer that question, I reckon the, the ace card would be considered a face card technically, wouldn't it? Where you consider where it's placed in the in the deck order anyway. Uh, even mm-hmm. if even if we're talking about any cards in general, I mean, if it's not down the bottom, then it's not considered a numbered card. It's considered a a face card and. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and it know, normally has the letter A on it as opposed to the number one. Yeah. So it's a lettered card as opposed to a numbered card. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you bang on the money there, I reckon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a, what I would consider a face card. Mm. And, uh, also, go on. No, I was just saying I, I very much enjoy the way that they've done it. You see, you know you said how the, the Two of Spades is the only card which is damaged. Yes. Have they specifically stated it's damaged? Uh, they haven't stated it's damaged. Because I don't think it's damaged. You don't? No, if you because I'm I'll be honest, I'm just basing this off the trailer as I'm watching it. Mm -hmm. Every card has a symbol on it, which seems to signify what it's related to. So I'm wondering if that is like a bullet hole to show what? pinpoint you accuracy. You might be completely right. I never even thought of that. So good, it might good not eyes be damaged, there, brother. Yeah, I didn't notice that. Yeah, they've all got a kind of logo on them so far, and. Yeah, his doesn't, so that's kind of like his logo. That's that's a good spot. Well done. And it's it's kind of like in the in the up well, depending on which way up you hold the card, but kind of in the upper half, in the middle of it, it's like three. Yeah, he always holds it like upright, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, except I saw the three of hearts there. It was the middle heart was was the symbol. So maybe it does move, but yeah, it definitely seems like each card's got yeah, us. A symbol on it which would be interesting if you see cards but don't yet see their powers could give you a hint as to what their cards might do yeah and which sorry go on. i was just gonna say which is a nice little thing where they can you can you have something <laughs> tangible to be like oh you've seen this card you can then based off what, how it looks you can get a guess as to what it might do so you can start theorizing, you can start planning, and it makes a show much more... It feels like more engaging, because it makes you try and think ab uh, about what the show's going to do. Yeah. I like that. Oh, yeah, very much. For Just a little bit of uh, extra things on the cards, guys, and the users. So people with cards are called players. Uh, a player can... Mail. A player can only use a card that is chosen them, so it's kind of like Harry Potter in the sense of the wand chooses the wizard, Harry. Uh, the card chooses the player. No player can use another player's card, uh, no matter, no, not by any means. You can capture their card to stop them using it, but you cannot use that card yourself. Uh, only the card that the player that has chosen a player can be used by that player. Can the card change its mind? Well, we don't know. It may Ooh. be able to in the future. We're not sure if these cards have had other... Well, these cards have been around for a while, so I imagine they've had other wielders. I'm wondering if it's the case of that wielder has to be dead before the ownership will change, or whether it is the case of that card can change his mind. Are they that sentient? Um, I'm not sure. We'll find out. I have one further question. I don't... I'm going to guess, because, again, this is only episode two, so there's still so much to explain. Yeah. Do we know yet which suit might be considered the strongest? Well, no, we don't. We don't even have any idea if the suits uh, represent anything at the moment in general. We now we know the, the we do know the abilities have names. Uh, I can't remember them all, but I do remember the marble marble guy's name because that that one made me laugh because of the fact he's got to eat afterwards. Um, otherwise, he he eats up a lot of energy. Uh, his card's called the Chub Chub card. Um, yeah, so I, I really, I really like that. Uh, kind of, kind of those of those of you who've seen One Piece with like the Devil Fruits, and they they have like those funny names. Most of these cards are funny names as well. Um, but other than that, no, I haven't seen if the suits are representative or anything, or if it is just the numbers currently. Um, I'm sure mm. we'll find out. I'm sure, considering suit is kind of a big thing, maybe they'll bring some kind of play into it. I'm not sure. Yeah, potentially. I don't. I mean, again, you've seen the show, so you'd be better equipped to gauge whether or not what I'm about to say is accurate. But it might be that each suit, each suit has a more specific. Uh, they they have like a type of power. 
Yeah. For example, heart. This is a really broad one, but heart could be like medics. You know, they could all be based around support or healing or something like that. So potentially the suit indicates the sort of type of power, which would be interesting as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree. It's a nice little theory there. After that one, guys, in our in our little list, we have Malevolent Spirit Monongatari. Hey, uh, hey, 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 Mike. Yep. I should have a quick question for you. Yeah, go on. Because I'm starting to get this feeling right now. I, I feel like it's about the right time for my favourite segment of the week. Okay, okay. Do you, what do you think? Yeah, go for it. Yeah? Yeah. All right, time for me to review an anime I've never seen before based off only my description <laughs> of an episode. Let's go. All right, so, yes, Malevolent Spirit. Uh, what was it? Monogatari. Yeah. Okay, it sounds like monogamy, which is different. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we we have a bad first impression threatens uh, to get Kiyoma kicked out of his new home. It's probably walking around naked. It's a bad idea to do in a new home. After only three days, damn, he has no boundaries. Uh, uh, three days, uh, he, oh, hang on. <laughs> He's no home after only three days if he can't win over his Tsuko. Uh, uh, Tsukumogami, I can't read anything. Uh, hosts, these these are the, are the those are the the spirits that host. Uh, he he's the host. No, they're they're the host. He's the spirit in the body. So the spirits walking around naked within the body. That's the house. Uh, or his new home is is this person's body. Uh, he's walking around naked. The hosts don't like it because they're all civilized. They wear clothes. Uh, this episode, uh, this episode was really emotional. Seeing uh, Hioma's character growth. Well, we all know what that means, Mike. Especially if he's walking around naked uh, and starts to get along with some of the uh, Tsukikami. Uh, so he's starting to get on with the hosts. So maybe some of them have gone. Actually, I like what I'm seeing. Probably the. <laughs> The female ones. I, uh, to be honest, could be the male. Could be anything. I don't know. H to the R. Um, he has to earn all six uh, signatures uh, in three days. So that's going to be two a day. Can't count that. Two per day. Two signatures. Uh, that's that's them. Uh, he, he's asking them to sign, like autograph his, uh, but the parts of his body. So like each part, whenever they sign a part of the body, uh, that part of his body then belongs to that host. So it's kind of like a really weird take on a harem, which is kind of cool. Uh, or he's going to be exiled from the clan. Um, but only only the bits that weren't signed are exiled. So you know he, although his entire spirit goes, he may he may only have one leg if he got one signature. Who knows? Uh, so far by the end, uh, he has three. He already has three. So he's done three in what I can only guess is one, well, it's episode two. So I'll say two days. So in two days, he's got three signatures. So he's on track to do it in four days, which is two less than the six days he needs. And it's really nice to see his development. Here's the thing, if you're talking about someone walking around naked and you're saying that it's nice to uh, to see their development, I'm concerned for you, Mike. Uh, so it's really un uh, really unexpectedly enjoying this one because Mike doesn't understand that he likes to see guys walk around naked. Uh, and that is the review of Malevolent Spirits, Managatari. Enjoy, everyone. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, of all the ones he could have reviewed. Um... <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't. I, 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 I feel like sometimes when I do that, I might get like one or two bits right. Uh, I have other, other than the really stupid bit where I was talking about how like the days and the numbers. I don't feel like I got any part of that right at you, all. You were off base completely. 
<laughs> um, Doesn't that just make it funnier? Oh yeah, when I'm out, I piss myself off. <laughs> the more wrong so, I am, the better it is. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I mean, he read the first like sentence out, right? So a bad first impression threatens to get Hiyoma kicked out of his new home after only three days if he can't win over his Tsukumagami hosts. So for those of you who don't remember, Tsukumagami are the spirits um, that he's... Oh, I was right. That he's very much against uh, because the spirit killed his brother and sister, remember? Now, the six spirits are working with this um, human girl who very much loves her spirits because they, they looked after her when she was little. Like, like, yeah. Hip, hip, the video. Oh, shit, yeah. Um, and he really lets rip. Like, he's like, are they manipulating you? He he goes in on them, and she's like, you've disrespected me, you've disrespected my family, but to be fair, we disrespected you when you came in, because they started attacking you straight away. So I'll give you three days. If you can't prove to me within three days uh, that you can work with us, you will go home. If he goes home, and he hasn't learned anything, he will be exiled from his clan, and he will no longer be clan, he no longer be destined to be clan head. He'll no, get, no longer be able to ever get access to the information on the spirit that killed his brother and sister so this is a big no-no for him so he really does try his best this is why we see a lot of character growth in this episode now of the six spirits the first one to actually interact with him is the one that ended up fighting him in the first episode uh because he was the first who was able to sense the fact that Hyoma was only trying to look out for the human girl he was only really trying to watch out for her because they they are aware themselves that not all Sukumagami are good. They've in fact we find out have been exiled from their own world um, because they kill their own kind uh, and look after humans. Uh, and hold that thought, guys, because my food is here. All right, so uh, Mike's gone again. So that, that's uh, I wasn't planning on doing two, but sure, why not? Um, all right, so the next one. Uh, which is, um, we'll go back to the explanation of this one when Mike returns because he knows actually what's going on. Uh, the next one is Reborn to Master the Blade from Hero King to Extraordinary Squire. Uh, I said this was a little bit difficult for me to, to understand off Mike's notes because uh, Mike's notes is just the word awesome in okay. all capitals <laughs> with uh, roughly 14 exclamation points. So I imagine it was good, but I, I can't I can't really riff off that one, Mike. Oh, I love that. See, this that's perfect because I've just come back now. That was brilliant. Um, sorry, so, sorry, I gotta say, what are you having? Uh, I've got a. Oh, they did put barbecue sauce in there as well. Sorry, uh, I've got a half pounder chicken burger and chips, one with chippy and two garlic breads. Oh. Um, let's, let's, let's turn this into like a bootang. Let's see what we've. See what you've got. Show it to the camera. I mean, it doesn't look a lot. It's very beige. Um, I'm not sure if I can. It's very beige. What a great way to describe food. <laughs> Lovely. Uh, um. So yeah, guys. Is that a but... yummies? It looks like a yummies. No, it's not a yummies. It's not a oh. yummies. Uh, what's it called? Papa's Pizza. Ah, uh, okay. Um. So yeah. Um. So they go off on a mission. Um. The guy that he's fighting originally and this and uh, Hyoma. And they start. He starts to learn a bit more about them. The fact they've been exiled for killing their own kind and looking after humans, etc. Like I just said. At the end of that first day in this second episode, he gets his signature. The next day, we go off on a mission with the purple-haired girl and the guy who's got his hair swept over one eye. Um, and they also end up giving the signature at the end of the episode because. They, their mission was to speak to another spirit who did want to stay in the human world and who was not hostile. 
when she heard the name of this uh, spirit's clan, she went apeshit and attacked because she's heard about these sp spirits who kill other spirits. She panicked. She does still want to stay in the human world, but she thought they were going to try and she, they were deceiving her and were going to try and kill her. Hyoma literally went in and was about to um, exercise her, and then he stopped because he saw a facial expression, character growth. He saw her sadness. She saw her tears. Whereas before, he would have just literally laid into her and ex uh, exiled her and been done with him. So them seeing his character growth decided, no, we'll give him our signature, we like him. And so there, they, within one episode, he earns three signatures. And we see a lot of character growth already. And it was quite emotional. I did start feeling myself a little bit cut up over because I was like, wow, this guy is actually really trying. He's not like a normal hot-headed, hard-assed protagonist. He's actually someone who's very much trying to... Uh, grow from his experience uh, and he did let the uh, first spirit know about his brother and sister as well so he was oh, he did open up a bit so uh, yeah it was great it was great to see and uh, I'm looking forward to some more I mean I've already I've already revealed the entire anime based off the description so I have, yeah, nothing, of course. More to of course. I have nothing more to add to that <laughs> I don't really have anything to add for your review of the, of the third anime in the list today either so well yeah I did just say awesome because it is fucking awesome um so in this, guys, we learn a bit more about how it works. Now, we've had another time skip. Um, she didn't... Our main character didn't get a crest on her hand like everyone else because she doesn't have mana. She has ether, which was from a previous her previous life, how she used to harness her powers. And we learn that the floating island in the sky where like all the nobles come from, they look down and everyone, they are able to harness ether as well. Sorry, before before we carry on, I, I'm gonna have to start asking questions each week to know which anime we're on about. This is the one where the dude becomes a girl, right? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, now, you guys will remember last week I said about how when she was younger she fought the other noble guy. Well, this noble, we find out, was able to become a citizen of this floating island because he offered up a lot of money, basically. If you do something... For one of the nobles, in a large quantity, you can become a citizen. And he gets all this great power, and he comes to review this kingdom, because that's what these people do. Um, and he kills a Marquis because he basically stuck up for his squire, uh, because uh, this guy, scum as we already saw in the first episode, was like, you come to my bedchamber tonight. So that wasn't great. Then we meet a Holy Knight. And the Holy Knight have a, has a partner, uh, who's basically is it like a weapon and they can harness their energy from what I've gathered so far and our main character and this weapon end up clashing because the weapon's trying to stop our main character from going to this guy's bedchamber because he decides to go after her instead because he's still got a grudge against her from the last episode and then the the weapon realizes the power of our main character and it's so fucking hilarious because the ma the main character is like, right, I'll just release all my ether now, and you can see how strong I am. Uh, she expecting a fight because she is a battle junkie. Uh, but our our opponent here decides to go. Nope, you're okay, you're good, you can handle yourself. Goodbye. And she's like, no, why did I show him my power? I wanted a fight, and it's just she's so addicted to fighting. It's hilarious. Uh, and then we're left on a cliffhanger because the Holy Knight actually attacks his own weapon than her. And we're not sure why. Is he trying to stop them from going? Is he actually being malicious? We'll find out next episode. But so far, insane strength levels, great character design, absolutely hilarious. Opening is good, not as good as high cards, but it's definitely up there so far in my top five of this season. Uh, so far. 
I will say. I have a question. Of course. Are you able to, yeah, uh, at this current point in the show, are you able to explain the weird little creature that just appears from between her tits? No. Okay. I've not met it myself yet. I'll keep asking that question. <laughs> um, every week there's a question about boobs. The other girl, by the way, guys, so the girl that she was with in the first episode, the other young girl, uh, did get a crest, a bull crest, uh, a special crest, which means that she is going to be very important later on. Because she didn't get a crest, it means that she can't become a holy knight. But she can become this girl's squire. Uh, that's the other important detail I missed from this episode. So she, it does look like they're going to form their own little girl fighting band or whatever. And it's going to lead into big things. Very looking forward to it. Looks very good. Now we're on to something that's um, not so good, shall we say. This is Ayakashi Triangle. The opening was very meh. Just, just putting out this way. The opening was meh. I'm not a fan. This isn't the opening that I've heard me moan about. I'm just... It doesn't suit the vibe. Secondly, we already covered it earlier, but I'll say it again. Censorship. The fucking massive stickers with the cat face over the boobs and over the hoo-ha and over the, the butt and all that. No, no. At least if you're going to use a sticker, be like High School DxD and have a floating logo with bat wings. That was, that was kind of funny. Um, but let's be real, who watched that censored anyway? I think I saw like one censored episode and was like, now nah, bye. Um, I didn't even know there was a censored version. Yeah, there was a censored version. But, you know, the episode is funny in itself. We see Matsuri used to becoming a girl and she's using the wrong bathroom. Uh, and she becomes one of our other MC, the black haired girl's uh, girly friends. And they start to start become comfortable being a girl. And that was basically what this episode was, just a comedy element of her slash him slash they them starting to become more comfortable within themselves. That was literally it. Uh, the comedy was off the in this episode was literally, I think about four or five times, she went into the wrong bathroom and the teacher kept, kept had to keep going, you're in the wrong freaking bathroom! And like chasing her out and it's hilarious. Because she actually was went up to like the urinal undid herself and was like about to like and then she realized oh shit there's nothing there <laughs> so that was just funny i i have a question about this show yeah go on uh how old is the mc i'm not sure um i want to because see... didn't didn't she also age backwards when she got turned into a girl no no this is uh that was a different anime that we'll cover later that one is tomo chan is a girl no, it's not. Yes, it is. Toma Chan is a girl. is the is the one where the guy got turned into a girl and aged backwards, so he ended up being. Uh, no, it's not. Toma Chan is is a not girl. Toma Chan, not Toma Chan. I've been watching. Sorry, not Toma Chan. I I am wrong. It's not Toma Chan. It's on my now your sister. They're so fucking similar in yeah. my head. I I know it's not that one because that's the one I'm watching. I was, I was like, wait. One. I was like, wait. No, I am wrong. I'm not right. Okay, so they're probably... Okay, that's fine. But I'm just sat there thinking, like, if, if they're being turned into a girl, does that mean they have to deal with girl issues? But also, more specifically, I guess, with the later one, is are they going to have to essentially re-go through puberty as a girl? Because that would be concerning. Oh, Mike's on the beers. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd be concerned if you had to go through pu puberty again as the opposite gender. Yeah, that would be um, yeesh, wouldn't it? It certainly would. Well, next on the <sighs> list is one that is not being reviewed yet, which is adventurers don't uh, adventurers who don't believe in humanity will save the world. I I will because... just I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but 
sorry, go on, go on. I was just going to say, because the dub hasn't come out yet, and that's one that I'm reviewing. Yep. So that one is not being reviewed just yet. As someone who's read the manga for that one, and I've seen posts about it on Twitter, I just need the, the, the dub to come out for this one already, because me and Dave are going to have some long conversations on that one. It's so oh, good. Excited. I am very excited for that to come out and dubbed. Um, yeah, one, one of my secret favourites. But, uh, I haven't touched on before in the show. Uh, in, in regards to manga, because uh, I don't often talk about the manga side. Uh, but after that is Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, which is a new one technically because the episode came out after the podcast last week. Um, so yeah, Kubo. Uh, so the release time is, is post-podcast. Uh, for the first episode, not for the second episode. Second episode did come up before. I'm not oh, sure so why they... Have we got a double? Yes, we have week? got a double review. Ooh, exciting! Um, look, I'm going to be straight up, guys. I'm not sure how I feel about this one. Now, it is... The story's good enough, and the story is hooking me, and I like kind of the character personalities. I'm not sure if I'm a fan of the art style, and I'm very much a kind of guy that if I don't like how it looks, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not sure. I'm not saying I'm not, I don't like it. I just think I need to let it grow on me a little bit. Um, so to give you guys a little bit of a rundown. So Shirashi is often invisible to others due to the lack of presence that he has. He doesn't even have background character vibes. Uh, to the point where he can literally be stood behind you and he wouldn't notice. He could be stood in front of a shopkeeper. This episode, this scene's actually showed. Uh, it could be st- stood in front of a cashier. Items on the desk. And they'd be like, oh, I better put these items back. I can't see the person. And he's like, hello. And they're like, oh shit, there's someone there. Uh, until he's like screaming in their face. He's got no presence at all. Um, however, Cooper always manages to notice that he's there. Uh, as I said in here... Uh, I'm not sure if I like the art cell, but it's not unbearable. Uh, not like uh, animes like One Punch Man or Mob Psycho 100 to me, which are unbearable in regards to animation. Another example would be Jojo. I don't like those anime examples where I hate the animation, I just won't watch them. Uh, Sorry, I just want to clarify. Are we on about both seasons of One Punch Man? Uh, yeah, I, d- I don't like the, the animation for One Punch Man at all. I would have to respectfully disagree. I, 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 in regards to season one, season two, I agree. <laughs> season two's animation is shit. Season one's, I thought, was was awesome. Mm-hmm. And that's an opinion I can respect because I know there's lots of people who do like One Punch Man. It's just not for me. Um, I suppose I suppose it's different that you're saying like it's not for me as opposed to it's bad. Yeah. Because if you'd say it's bad, it's, you're kind of wrong because it's not bad, but it's just not what you consider good. Oh yeah, I would never say. Unless, unless it's a, a common opinion that any anime is bad because it's, it's subjective. Um, you know, unless it's like reviewed on like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb as like a 1 out of 10, then... <laughs> I wonder what the lowest rated anime is. That's going to be one to... That'd be interesting. To find out. I know. So what Anywho. Kuba does, Kuba thinks of these fun games to see if she can get others to notice him. So in the episode, she's like, go on a day or do you stand on your desk? And he goes from like kneeling on his chair to like sitting like L from Death Note on his chair to standing up on his chair and then standing on his desk and then making a funny pose to the point where the teacher only notices him when he's making a funny pose and then everyone is like oh my gosh he's in class it's a lucky day guys everyone you're gonna get good luck today go get a lottery ticket and it's literally he's like a cryptid he's literally described in the anime as like a cryptid he's lucky if you see him it's like you get good luck all this time they made him into an urban myth uh, because no one notices him 
one of the other characters even commented on how they were shocked that he had a 100% attendance record in um, elementary school, but they never saw him. Uh, and it's, it's honestly, like, that's the like, comical side of things, but this one girl always notices him. Um, I find it very cute and hilarious. It is your typical rom-com. Now, in regards to the animation, I think it's the faces mostly I don't like. I don't like the way the faces are drawn, uh, and especially, like, the blush marks on everyone. They Those are not nice blush marks at all, the, the way they've drawn those. Uh, I'm not a fan, anyway. Um, and then the second episode literally went along the same lines as the first episode, except in this case, it was one that was focused on the gym and physical activity. And how... Uh, well, you can see the scene here about wiping your sweat into something and she's trying to embarrass him. Um, and it was honestly just your cutesy little rom-com kind of anime. It's very, very heartfelt. And it's probably got that good enough of a story that I can look past the animation that I don't like. Um, because it is it is quite funny. Uh, and I am enjoying it. And I kind of want to see where they go with the whole, will he be noticed by the end of the season? Will he have more people who will pick up on him? Or will it still just be Kubo? Maybe her friends will start to notice him. Who knows? I'm going to take an a, 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 a sec. I have nothing more to add to that uh, descriptor. Other than, uh, I'll be honest, based off my youth, uh, I think I would have rather been completely invisible than, yeah. than be noticeable enough that assholes be assholes. Yeah, I can see that. But that's just me. So, anyway. Yeah, guys, I'd, I'd still recommend giving it a watch, even if it's not your normal kind of thing. It is still good. Um, I, I'm not, I won't give it too much shit. But now we're moving on to an anime that is in my top five. Campfire cooking in another world with my absurd skill. I cannot even begin to explain how much I'm enjoying this. I mean, the guy... Who is like the underdog who got accidentally summoned, who the other heroes are looking down on, who has this stupid skill where he can buy things from an online supermarket and have it instantly delivered to him in this other world. Didn't realize that this power's broken. He can make these sublime dishes uh, that this, this world has never seen before. And because he makes these lovely food dishes, which are animated perfectly thanks to Studio Mapper, this being their first isekai, he makes a dish that's that good, he manages to tame Fenrir. And we learn in this episode that Fenrir's level 907 has affinity for every single element and is probably one of the strongest beings in the world. And he tames him completely. And Fenrir tries to act big and strong, but the moment he says, I will take away your meals, uh, Fenrir ends up being like a little puppy dog. And it's hilarious. Sorry, not the food. Exactly. Uh, so much like Kubo won't let me, be, let me be invisible, this is also a double episode review. So... Four heroes are summoned, three with great combat and magic abilities, and one accidentally summoned with the powers of online grocery shopping. He, said that he decides to go his own way, but quickly realises his food can provide incredible buffs for people, and so starts the story of a man who loves to cook and people who love his, his food. He makes friends with a group of, group of adventurers, he tames Fenrir, and that's basically episode one. Going into episode two, where he's going to this next city over, they all these guards went halt him outside because he's got this massive fucking Fenrir dog next to him, and they're like, "You can't come into the city." And he's like, "Well, actually, obtained him. Look, he's like Fenrir, behave." And he's like, "I mean, I will as long as they don't backchat us or disrespect us." And he's like, "If you if you do anything, I will take away your meals." And Fenrir is like, hmm, "Fine." And uh, it's they're like, "Okay, yeah, we can see that you're completely the guy who wears the trousers in this summon relationship." <laughs> uh. 
And then they go into the city, and he's like, well, I can't decide whether I should become an adventurer, or whether uh, join the Adventurers Guild, or whether I should join the, um, what, what's the, Merchants Guild, because each has its own benefits. The Adventurers Guild will buy, like, the pelts and the horns and stuff that he'll get off these beings and beasts that Fenrir can kill. And, obviously, the, the other guild will allow him to have a license to sell food and stuff like that. So he decides to go for both, uh, which is not common in Isekai. You usually can only sign up with one. So it's nice to see that they allowed him to do both. Uh, we do see that uh, already noblemen are like having their eye on him. They want to use him for his power. They No one's really like expected him to be this strong. No one expected to this power to have like this kind of effect on others. Um, realistically, of the four heroes, he got mo the most broken power. He's already the strongest. He's got a fucking Fenrir. I don't even think those three could take him down together. If they tried. Uh, we do know that he's going to get other creatures later on. We've seen in the trailer a slime and a wind spirit. Uh, I imagine there will be more. And yeah, I think my, the biggest selling point for this anime is definitely anim the animation. We know Studio Mapper from previous reviews, guys, are insane with the animation quality and the animation skills. And this being their first isekai and one that's based around food is insane. I would have loved Mapper to have done um, Food Wars. And just took that food, the, the, because the food in Food Wars looks amazing. Just imagine if Mappa did it. Blows my mind every time. But uh, yeah, very much liking this. And it makes me hungry every time I watch it. So I'm going to have another bite of my burger. Before we go on to the next one, Bofuri. Yeah, speaking of Food Wars, uh, I'm getting serious Food Wars vibes uh, from this anime. Um, based off, you know, the trailers and your descriptions of it. Which, if it's anything like Food Wars, it's going to be good, because Food Wars is just such a good anime. Um, and I, it's this is one of those ones that I definitely want to watch. Um, the campfire cooking. Uh, before, um, I, I think, obviously I've got to wait for the dub, because I can't watch subs, which is somewhat annoying. But it's one that I really want to watch. 100% worth the watch. I'm looking forward to, looking forward to it coming out in um, dubbed as well. Definitely a rewatch. Um, we should start having a look at the dub release calendars, I think. Um, because there's not a lot of dub that, like, the wait for dubbed as well. Maybe there's older shows that we haven't watched or reviewed that I just had this thought that are coming out in dub now that uh, might have started at the start of the season. Uh, slightly older animes that would have already come out in subbed, but maybe started a dub. I'm not sure. Well, I'm sure at some point we'll find out. Something we can have a look into in a later date. But yeah, guys, so Bufuri season two. Uh, I don't want to get hurt, so I'll max up my defense. Yeah, you guys already know that I love season one of this when I binged it. Season two is already off to a great, great start. I can't find my mouse. Where's my mouse cursor gone? There it is. That's the cat. <laughs> um, and you know, it's a great little first episode of season two. There was a Christmas event theme in the game. We even got to see Maple and Pain work together for the first time. For those of you who don't know, Pain is the strongest player at the moment. Needs one of the other guilds. Remember, if I said before at the end of season one, um, the three top guilds kind of became friends as well as the top players. They're still rivals, but they kind of became more friendly. Uh, we see some more gear, some new gear, which, as you guys know from the last year of me doing this, I love character designs. I love seeing new abilities, new gears. Gear, especially. Gear is a big selling point for me. If I'm seeing new armor sets, new weapons, you've got me sold right there. Uh, I love it. Um. And yeah, they all have a little Christmas party and open the festive gifts, which ends up being like all crisp, uh, all like Santa outfits or Santa's wife outfits. Apart from Bofuri, who gets a fucking Rudolph outfit, uh, which is apparently a rare uh, outfit find. And she's like, well, I look like an idiot. And they're all like, no, it suits your personality perfect. And um, 
She's got a big shiny nose. Yeah. And Kasumi gets a new sword. And we found out that when she uses the sword's ability, uh, for 10 minutes it will turn her into a child form. Where her body shrinks down to about half the size. And she looks like she goes from like, um, I don't know, 16 to 20 year old to like a 8 year old maybe. Um, and that lasts for 10 minutes, a debuff of using the sword. And she she refuses to use the ability around uh, her teammates because it's that embarrassing. Uh, but it's a nice little start to season two, uh, seeing where we're going to go. Nothing to add to that one, I'm afraid. You're all good. But moving on to the next one, guys. The Eminence and Shadow. I didn't draw any notes down for this one this week, honestly. Because as far as this ep anime goes, I had nothing to say on this episode this week. It was... That's a really good review there, Mike. Well, it genuinely, it was that uneventful. Um, the way the way I could put it is I felt like I almost fell asleep watching this episode. It was just all stupid little character interactions that had no bearing on the story. It had no combat, no, no, no usual spectaculars from it. They've just gone from this great high of an episode that I reviewed last week to this... I don't even know what that was. That doesn't live up to the normal Emerson Shadows uh, standards. Yeah, it was comical in places. You know, we had some breast shots and some some kind of freaking ca funny character interactions where you got caught for being like a perv and things like this. You know, your typical laughable things. It's not as if I went, oh, I hated this episode because it, it was funny in places, but it was just not what you'd expect from this anime, which I was kind of a... Uh, kind of sad about honestly nope. because it's, it's not what I would uh, I'd expect from the Emerson Shadow sadly um, but I'm hoping I'm hoping it was kind of like a filler maybe it was kind of like a break I'll have to have a look on their Twitter feed and see if it was like a break in the uh, in the scheduling maybe because um, that's the only thing that I could think of because I, I don't remember that in the manga either so potentially a filler episode um, doesn't mean don't give it a watch you know what I say guys I don't like missing episodes even if they are filler um, but yeah, hopefully it does better next week. Yeah, filler. I feel like although sometimes filler is bad, it's it's you've got to watch it because you never know whether or not a filler will become relevant at some point. Uh, which is unfortunate, especially like if you're not expecting a filler at that point. If it's like mid arc, there's suddenly a filler, potentially you know because it's a break of the scheduling or this that and the other, uh, which is a bit sucky. But um, you know if it's been good up until this point. Uh, if it's one shitty episode, go on to the next one. The next one goes back to being good. You just pass through it, hopefully, each each each, uh, each time someone watches through it. They'll just be able to make it through that fun episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of learnt my lesson with filler. Like, I used to skip over some Naruto original series filler because they never referenced it back in the story. Uh, my drink's just gone everywhere. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, that's I <clears throat> I never skip episodes on a first watch through. If it's a, if it's an anime that I've seen before, um, I will. Depending on how much I love the anime, I will skip the filler episodes. Oh yeah, I'm hundred percent with you there. Hundred percent. Yeah, some filler episodes though I still watch because some filler episodes are still really good. Yes. Some of them are just like, some of them are like cringy awkward, which is a real shame. So, uh, if, as long as you've watched them at least once, I don't think there's ever an issue with skipping them ever again. No, I completely agree with you there. Um, so yeah, guys, the example I was trying to use there was like, the Naruto filler. I watched it the first one through. Now, usually when I rewatch Naruto, I skip it. 
uh, at least some of it, because they don't have any bearing on the story. They don't reference it. Uh, and that's where a full episode is. It wasn't in the original content. I learned my, my, I learned my lesson with Bleach. Because Bleach is filler. Now, we all know that some of the filler is awful. But they still reference it in the original... Sorry. They reference it in the anime when the anime goes back to following the original source content. What I mean by that is in the manga, the filler content never would have been there. But they somehow managed to incorporate the filler content into the canon content in the anime. So that's where I learned my mistake of skipping over anything because I realised, oh shit, no, they're actually referencing filler by here, which not a lot of shows do. But by off chance, if any shows do do that now, I've kind of learnt my lesson, I've kind of got to go, right, okay, I need to watch this in case something wrong happens, or in case it's referenced later on. So yeah, completely agree there. Always watch filler on your first run through. Now, moving along to our favourite kidnapping, um... Which is just kind of the meme I made up about this one because she did kind of kidnap her in the first episode. Is the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady. Whew. I don't even know where to start with this one. I mean, first off it had a very good opening that definitely reflected the mood of the main cast. I was very happy with the opening for this anime. Now, it is explained that Princess Euphelia is a prodigy. And the princess wants to save... Her reputation, but, sorry, Euphelia, I don't know why I said Princess Euphelia. It's explained that Euphelia is a prodigy, and the princess wants to save her reputation by making her assistant in magicology. Magicology is what the princess has come up with, which is uh, basically a type of science that harnesses the magic spirits. She can't see them, but she can use their energy if she knows where they are. Um, she can't use magic, remember, she's one of the very few, so that's why she's so invested in it. Because she needs some other kind of alternative. Because she can't use it. Um, and so she takes on Euphelia as her assistant. Um, because she didn't want to see her reputation tarnished by her brother. We found out that her brother wasn't actually meant to be here. It was meant to be the princess. But the princess turned to her dad one day and said. I'm not interested in being here. Um, I, I want to marry a girl. And... I, I want to do my science, do my sciences and study and uh, make creations. And we see in her little lab she's made like hair dryers and kettles and stuff like that. So she is very advanced already with her study into magicology. Um, so it's definitely, I forget the name every time, Dav, what's it called when a girl loves a girl in the anime? Uh, uh, Yuri. Yuri. Really. Yes. Yari. Yuri or Yari, one of the two. I always forget which one it is. Whatever Dad's, Dav said there, it's one of those two. This is what this anime's genre is definitely going in the direction of. Um, like I said, it's revealed the princess wants to marry a woman, uh, and that's why she renounced her claim to the throne, so we're definitely looking up to set, set up some kind of love interest by here. And there's still people who look uh, to, you, uh, to um, the princess to hopefully be here one day. Uh, Euphelia's dad being one of them, actually. Uh, wants the uh, princess to be here one day, which is quite interesting. Um, so yeah, there are people who want the cre the crazy princess to retake the throne. No one really likes the brother after the first couple of episodes. We know by the trailer that the princess is also very strong. Um, yeah, this this anime is shaping up to be a good one. Top five, not quite, but definitely nearing it. So if any of the other animes drop down, you could definitely make it into it. Uh, definitely an enjoyable one. Definitely one I recommend everyone gives a watch so far. Don't forget, guys, all opinions could change uh, later on in the uh, season. 
Subject to change. Subject to availability unchange. <laughs> <laughs> Subject to availability. Whether or not my opinion is available. Now, moving on. In our list, we have the Ice Guide is for cool female colleague. Again, it's one we're waiting for a dub to come out of. Which will be completely on dark. I will not be putting any input into that one. Because I have no interest at all. So, I'm sure you look forward to that one. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I, I, the stuff that I've seen uh, looks looks good. Looks interesting. I'm excited. There you have it. Now, moving on after that one, and Alice is Technoroid Overmind. Our little Android sing-songy anime, which I've enjoyed so far. Um, I'm going to have a drink, and then we'll get into it. Technoroid sounds like um, one of the uh, dual monsters used by Cyrus. <laughs> I can see that. There's can... a very small number of people who will understood understand what oh. I just said, and uh, there's be a collection of them going, "Holy shit, that's an old reference." I mean, is it that old though? I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they're like six entire shows later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because so... because that specifically is the GX story, which is number two, and they're on like six or seven now. An unpopular opinion, Yu-Gi-Oh! GX is my favourite of the Yu-Gi-Oh! arcs. Seasons, even. Like, shoot me, but it is. See, I can see that. It's my second favourite. My favourite is the original, just because, like, it's got it's got Yami Yugi in it. Yami Yugi's my boy. And it's got it's got my favourite character from all of Yu-Gi-Oh! Which is just Yugi boy! I fucking love Pegasus, man. He's so good. <laughs> I absolutely so. love Pegasus. It's... You can't tell me it's not a good character. It's brilliant. No, I don't disagree. Um, see, I'm very unpopular opinion, but I prove I prefer Jaden to Yami Yugi, and I like Yami Yugi. Don't get me wrong. I don't know why. I just I just really vibe with Jaden. Um, That's fair. He, he was a very likable character, and also just just to say, Yugo GX still to this day, in my opinion, has the best opening of all the Yu-Gi-Oh animes. Just. To, Again, personal opinion, but... It, it has the biggest bop, I'd say. Get your game on. But there's something about that sort of mystical um, aura of the first one. Like, in the specifically when the, there's a story, of, I don't remember where it is. There's somewhere within the GX where, like, they they start bringing back... It's, it's a reference to the older season and the, and the mystery of it, and they start playing like the old sort of Egyptian-style music, mm. and it's just like, oh, it's so hype, because it's so... It fits so perfectly. Um, th that that will always have a special place uh, in in my heart for, like, the nostalgia and how appropriate it is, but Get Your Game On is definitely a bop. Uh, that is a good, good intro. Like, for me... Uh, we get a little bit off talk, but I don't mind. With Yu-Gi-Oh, I also feel like after GX, it kind of went downhill. I liked uh, 5Ds, but I wasn't as big of a fan. And then after that, I just kind of shut off. I, th I think Yu-Gi-Oh to this day is nowhere near as good as what it used to be. I, annoyingly, because I only watched dubs, we never technically finished GX. Because the last season never got dubbed. I know, that's sad. Um, and then I've watched... I basically finished then 5Ds. I liked 5Ds. I thought it, it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it, but to me, it wasn't. Oh, it's not as good. It, GX and uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Monsters were great. 
Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! 5Ds, I'd say, was good. It was enjoyable. And I watched, like, I don't know, maybe five or six episodes of whatever the one, the next one was. Maybe I think it was Zexel, maybe. I just never fin- I never went back to it. I just lost interest at that point. I um, I think I filled in my um card-fighting anime from Yu-Gi-Oh! after that with, uh, for those of you who don't know the anime, I recommend giving you a watch, Card Fight Vanguard. That definitely filled in a hole for me uh, when I when I kind of dropped Yu-Gi-Oh! And was a very enjoyable watch. Uh, quick, quick slide-in recommendation there. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard about that. It's supposed to be good. Yeah, very, very interesting take. Uh, but yeah, guys. So, <laughs> Technoroid Overmind. Um, wow, this episode had a lot. So we kick off with a police investigation into the death of an android and a human via a blast furnace, and they show us this death. This human tied up to this android on a conveyor belt gets plunged into a blast furnace. I was like, wow. And that was painful. Yeah, and our four main characters get there the, the wrong time, and they get accused of it. Wrong time, wrong place kind of situation. And uh, so going into it, then after we see that, we hit the opening theme, and as expected of a music anime, the opening theme is straight fire. Um, I, I have, wow. Definitely one of my, one of my favourite openings. Not my favourite, but one of them. Uh, of the season uh, so we learn that the, they are the first bunch of androids with nothing that differentiates them from humans so it's hard to tell them apart most androids will have like I don't know you'll be able to tell like they won't have a normal ear or a nose or something you know there'll be something that sets them apart these looks com- these androids that we have as I mean cast look completely human um, so already we know that they're an advanced version of the androids that we would normally know now as we go further into this episode, we learn that their code is different and they start training with a choreographer. Um, we learn that the boy that they saved is a 13-year-old advanced college student. Now, he studies uh, engineering and he's able to perform some repairs so, so far. His name is Asola. And he tries to save them from the police officer who's chasing them. But, however, due to the corrupted owner's names, he's unable to do so. But what it does seem like in the background, you don't see a full shot, but I think it was the choreographer, and he somehow had the power to go into the systems and change the uh, prescribed owner's names of these four, and he changed it to a solar owns them. So all cases dropped then, because now a solar suddenly owns them. So we're like, okay, who's this choreographer really? Uh, we've got no history, the name was corrupted, so we don't know who the creator is, we don't know anything. Uh, so yeah, there's definitely something fishy going on. Uh, and we get into it a bit more. They have a solar move in with them now that he's their owner, etc. And then we end up the episode with them clearing stage two out of the five stages of the tower. And they name themselves Nox. Now, I don't know what this stands for, but it's K-N. It's capital K, capital N, lowercase O, capital C, capital C. Um, yeah, very interesting episode. I do love the music of it all the time. Uh, so the last portion of it is great. Very interested to see who the choreographer really is because that's... Uh, an interesting twist I didn't expect. And the whole world itself just still gives me great vibes. Like, wh- why is the water level rising? Where are the humans? Why are some of the humans dead? Why are some of the humans locked up in doors? Why do they have to wear these cloaks to protect them from the sun? In fact, all very interesting. Who was these, this, these four creator? Very, uh, a lot of questions that I haven't got the answers to yet. Wow, it sounds like a real mystery. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I like shows where there's like there's just so many questions. You know, there's so much we can try and work out, and at some point, I'm sure we will. 
Yep. Yep. No. Um, did I miss a couple? Why is that there? Did I? Did you do it wrong? No, I didn't. Are you sure? I'm sure, because the next one is Tomo-chan as a girl. Oh, that's one that we Take have it away. Mean. Oh, I'm going to go first. All right, so let me just undo this on the notes. Oh, God. Hang on. Things are going wrong. Do -do -do. There we go. I don't know why that was happening like it was. Okay, so, uh, yeah, this... This week is it was Tomo friend, uh, based off uh, my favourite line from the episode Tomo friend. Um, I, I also wrote uh, I don't even fully remember why I wrote this, but I also wrote the boob episode. There was lots of focus on boobs this episode, um, so that's pretty much I think that pretty much sums up the majority of the episode. Uh, but uh, Janichi, I think Janichi is definitely into Tomo. Hundred uh, percent, he is into her. Uh, I don't know exactly his reasoning why he's uh, why he doesn't sort of show any of that feeling. Uh, this because there could be a number of reasons. There's no indication as to what it is yet, but he definitely is into her. Also, Carol. Uh, introduced to Carol in this episode, who's the blonde girl, and then the pink jumper. Holy shit, she's annoying. Like, so, so annoying. <laughs> really irritates me. Uh, but luckily, she's supposed to be annoying, so it's okay. Um, and her voice as well is quite irritating. So, uh, her whole thing is that she initially wants to fight Tomo. Uh, I think because she, f uh, she fancy... No, she's engaged to the karate guy I can't remember the name of. And she thought that Tomo was into him. She was going to try and fight Tomo, which obviously was a terrible idea. Uh, as soon as she realized that Tomo wasn't interested in the karate guy, she was just like, oh, okay, no problem. My, my, my war with you is over now. She just left. She just, uh, that character bugs me. Uh, and also, Misuzu, uh, Tomo's friend, I think she's, she's got a past of something. Based off her reaction for when Tomo told her about what happened on the bus where Guy tried to grope her, I think Misuzu's got a past um, where something happened to her and, you know, it's it still affects her to this day. Um, yeah, that's my review of the episode. I think Mike's going to take more of a narrative review and explain what actually happens in the episode. But those, those are my thoughts and feelings from what I learned from the episode. Yeah, so that hit a lot of it on the nail on the head for me. Um, so we had, obviously, the start of the episode with Juno saves Tomo from getting groped on the bus by some perverted old man. Uh, and then, you know, a bit of a controversial controversial statement here. I know a lot of people had a little bit of a rant about Twitter where uh, he tells her to stop wearing a skirt to school and they're like, oh, God, that's not kind of a cool move to say to anyone, be it, you know, in, in any shape or form. We know he had good intentions. It's not a cool thing to say, is it, period? Um... But I'll I'll say this like in his defense to an extent, uh, he's he's a teenager and I can't speak for women, but definitely for men as teenagers, oh, we're absolute fucking idiots. Yeah, and we do not we 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 have you know we might have good intentions and good thoughts about trying to help people, but we are bad at communicating <laughs> in a way that doesn't come across as. 
PC in the year of 2023. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I've said. So I disagree with what they were all saying, but yeah. Um, so we noticed that we introduced a new character, as Daph said, Carol. Uh, she's an, uh, an idol kind of to the school, uh, posing all the attention with her boobs, her softness, and her British heritage. I put in here in capitals. I don't get what it is with the Japanese or the or the Chinese or just the Asian people in general who thinks Britain British people are attractive and great and have all these handsome qualities and voices or whatever. I don't get it. We're not. We're the shaviest people I, on earth. No, no, no. Hang on. I, I have a point to make here. Which, if, if any, if there are any people that are British in the chat will understand where I'm coming from. If they're not British. This might be an eye opener. You say that, like you know, these uh, a foreign country might think our accent is so sophisticated, unromantic, or something like that. <laughs> Clearly, they've never been to Liverpool. Oh fucking hell! Or Birmingham. Birmingham. Or Scotland, which is an entire country. <laughs> there is nothing romantic about the Scottish accent. I, I like the accent. It's a good accent, but it is not romantic nah, or attractive not at all. in any way. So clearly, uh, these foreign countries who believe this about Britain have only been to one part of the UK. Yeah, agreed. But yeah, guys, so after some fighting and funny parts, you know, Tomo and uh, Carol end up being friends, and she accepts her as being a friend. You know, Tom is a lovely person. <laughs> I like Dav. I don't find Carol annoying. Um, I quite like her character. I think she's quite funny and kind of, in kind of like that cute kind of you got to protect kind of way. Um, after her initial being a bit of a dick for not just saying, "Hey, Tom, do you like this guy?" Um, but no, I don't find her as annoying. I, I, to be fair, I did watch it twice. After the second watch, it was it was more of a okay. I don't find you as annoying because I thought I did. Um, so yeah, I, I do quite, quite like Carol's character. I, I do sense a lot of, you know, how she said that she doesn't have any friends. Uh, and Tom, Tom was like, well, I don't really have many friends either. Uh, so it's kind of a nice to see them both get, like, another friend. Um, you know, one is just considered a tomboy who no one wants to get near. The other is considered way too popular and she doesn't consider any of them her actual friends. They just want to use her or whatever. Um... And then we're left on a bit of a cliffhanger with uh, June and Gundo, or as, as or Misuzu, if you want to use her first name. Uh, and we find out that they were dated in they dated in middle school. And cue Tomo's sh shocked, absolutely shocked and stunned reaction. And uh, end the episode. Ready for next week? That that was that was not supposed to be revealed. Janichi accidentally revealed that in conversation and immediately yeah. regretted that decision. It was like, ah, oh, shit. I fucked up. <laughs> yeah. I, um... Yeah, no, it's, it's you, you raised an interesting point there, which uh, I thought of. based Because <clears throat> part of the episode, uh, Misuzu explains why Carol is so popular and why Tomo isn't. And that being that she's so sort of defenseless and like you know it makes the guys want to defend her and that's why she's attractive but obviously because Tomo is so strong and independent and attractive and you you literally just said that's one of the reasons that Carol you know it's like she's cute in like an I want to protect her way yeah. so you really just fall into that trap of her being <laughs> defenseless and quite honestly she she 
that girl has less brain cells than a rock. Yeah, um, and I, I, I can't, and, and I find that so funny because to me that is so unattractive. Like it, it but that's just me, oh, and no, I know don't... that I'm, and I know like I'm the outlier in that situation. But it's so funny that you described it, or you described her in a way where you are the guy who finds her attractive. Oh, don't get me wrong, I don't, I don't find her like in in any sense or form attractive in that way. Don't get me wrong, uh, not not in like any kind of character way or oh, I find this character attractive no she's she's not my kind of type of character at all but I find her like her character design is obviously the very cutesy and very I like the way that she's drawn I like how different she definitely stands out like a sore thumb uh, in comparison to other characters um I kind of like the whole you know she's barely got a brain cell if that um I'm like I actually like her voice actor as well, the way that they make her speak. Um, I don't I, mean, I just, I, mean, I, I just I'm, like all that, but it's I don't find her character attractive. Though I just like her, I, like her character. I I find the um, voice actress for it. Uh, like I find her voice irritating, but I have to give credit to the voice actress because obviously that's how they're designed to be yeah. like with that voice specifically yeah, so they make- and they do it very well but dear god it really bothers me oh, that's that's fair you know she's not going to be for everyone and i, I get her now i want to point out uh let me get let me just pause it when i can because i keep missing it give me a second this scene i loved this scene once thomas shake the shit out of her and she's got that strand of hair stuck in her mouth yeah i just I, I, pissed I, myself laughing <laughs> i forgot i that's actually a brilliant tiny little bit of detail yeah. which uh on when i was watching it i thought that's brilliant i completely forgot to make a note of it but yeah that's such a good detail to have added in um, I've got to, I, 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 I've got to give props to the company for that. Yeah, it was brilliant. I, I, I couldn't say it yet better. I loved that. Uh, oh, Lamb is in chat. I here got you guys on in the background. That sounds romantic to me. Butter me biscuits. Meanwhile, we all think the Japanese are attractive. I mean, I personally don't find the Japanese attractive. Um, not, not, not to sound like a racist. I'm not a racist. Obviously, there are definitely some Japanese. Oh, Asian, we'll just use it to put a broad term on it. Uh, Asian people that I have found attractive, but I'm on, like, go on my way to say I find a- Asian people in specific attractive. Just like I wouldn't say I find German people attractive, or French, or the American, etc. I wouldn't generalize it to a country. I don't think there's a country that, at least us as British people, idolize, is there? Uh, I mean, there's definitely countries that people idolize. Personally, we don't. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. Like, kind of like how we 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 say that all of Asia idolizes uh, the British. God, there's something I want to say, but I really can't because it's it's a bad thing to say. But it's it's a it's a descriptor, but it it does involve a stereotype, unfortunately. But okay. it's so appropriate. Um, not what I was going to say, but it's so appropriate that you're like you know, we don't idolize anybody. We're British. I'd say we idolize everybody. We are the <laughs> least, we are the ugliest country on the planet, right? To us, everybody's attractive. <laughs> oh, anyone with straight teeth and a vague concept of the English language is more attractive than a British person. Yeah, I mean, okay, yeah, I can, I can see a point there. Lamb, no, don't, don't be, don't, don't be like this. Don't, don't, don't be like this. <laughs> I get enough of this shit. <laughs> but yeah, I've got nothing else to say on Tom Chan, guys. I, I very much enjoyed the episode. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. Cool. It's a good show. 
Uh, we're going to quickly skip over Is It Wrong to Pick Up Girls in a Dungeon this week because I'm going to be real with you. I haven't had a chance to watch the episode. And just, just straight up with you. Haven't had a chance to watch the episode for it this week. Um, I, thought I, I, thought, I thought I did. I didn't watch it. And that's I, thought, I thought I thought I thought I put it cat. You've got one episode a week to watch, Mister. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> hey, no, just to, I, 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 to be honest with you, I was more taking the piss out of the fact that you went. I thought, I thought. <laughs> that's 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 what I lashed onto. That's got nothing to do with the fact that you just missed an episode. <laughs> those are words, mate. Look, I've missed episodes in the past, guys. You know how it is. I will do a double episode review for it next week, and I will I will make sure to do it. But there are no other enemies that I've missed this week, so that's the silver line. So, spy classroom. Hmm. So I like the opening to this one. Very, very like eighties, nineties. Kind of, kind of like it. It's very nice. Um, we learn a lot in this episode. Uh, so we learn about a team called Inferno, which was the last team before this one to take on the impossible mission. Uh, teacher, uh, which is their their, their master, um, was a member of that last team. However, he was the only one to send, be sent on a solar mission before they were sent on that mission. So he never went on the impossible mission, and he blames himself for their deaths. Uh, this starts to explain a bit more about his bloody artwork that he's drawing. It just looks like a massive blood splatter. Um, and, you know, he's slowly learning how to teach a bit better. Um, and he teaches through the fact that he's saying, like, look, girls, you've got to take me down. Take me down, and uh, you'll learn by doing, basically. Then their mission starts. Their their time to do the impossible mission starts, and we start to see more growth in Teacher again. You know they've done all this amazing planning, all this amazing espionage before they actually try to steal the plans from the from the uh, plant that they're going to be tackling next episode. But this is their first real mission. They're all very worn down, and they're like, "Look, we need a party. Just just get somewhere that's like quiet. Get somewhere that's." Um, you know, isn't going to yap that we're there, that we're spies, etc. And let us have a party. And he's like, but you're on a mission. And he, then he starts to realise, wait, no, this is their first mission. It is hard on them. They don't have the same kind of stamina that I do. I need to yeah. be more caring. Um, and so he allows them to have their little party. He gets a little place um, and allows them to feel more reassured because he promises that he'll turn up. And he doesn't turn up. Uh, but they all know where he is because they've all got keen senses. And he's actually just sat on the roof of the building making sure no one um, uh, attacks or catches on or anything like that. Uh, be, just being like a protective figure. Uh, until the, where they're all passed out drunk then in the, in the, in the venue. Um, and he was like, how could you all get yourselves... How could you allow yourself to get like this? And the one girl that's awake said, it's, it's simple. We allowed ourselves to get like this because we knew that you were watching over us. Uh, it's the first time we've been able to let loose since this mission began. And it kind of dawns on him and you see in his face like a next level character growth. And yeah, this guy's just starting to have more layers. And it's nice to see him stop stop being the cold shell of a person. Yeah, you know, character growth is uh, a major thing so many shows so if they don't if, if they don't do character growth then it's probably not a sign that's a very good show exactly exactly and to see that much character growth within two episodes I, I'm, I'm very happy and also just to answer um, anyone who, who would think to ask me yes yes the pink haired girl with the eye patch is still my favourite I to be honest mate I hadn't, <laughs> even, I hadn't even considered the possibility that that could change <laughs> Her character design is so fucking awesome! Um, now, meanwhile... 
Now, as I mentioned earlier, guys, this is episode two I'm reviewing, not episode three, because I'm a little bit behind, because I'm watching the uncensored version of my life as Inukai Sans dog, because I don't want to see any stupid floating fucking stickers ruining my viewership. None. Whilst in saying that, it does make me feel very awkward in this anime that she's getting turned on by a dog rubbing her parts. Or getting turned on <laughs> by a dog in general. It's starting to feel a bit more bestiality. Like, I know it's not like in that way. She's just very infatuated. She loves animals. She loves the pet. She hates everyone else, bar her, like, couple of friends. She hates regular people. They, sh they show it in the her face where her the shine in her eyes completely disappears. Um... But we know that this anime from the get-go and from the trailer is going to be all about, you know, this dog ending up in the weirdest positions with these girls. We all know this is going to happen. He's been turned into a dog, he's trying to get back home, and in this episode, he meets her friend, who actually is his next-door neighbour. And he's trying to get her to take him home with her, so that he can go back to his room, the last place he remembers, because he's got a little bit of a blank period in his head. And try and retrace his steps and find out why he turned into a dog and how. And I don't know if he's going to want to stay as a dog, if he's going to eventually change back. I mean, he's obviously enjoying his life somewhat. I mean, wouldn't you? The girl that you've always been infatuated with is now your owner. I mean, definitely kind of sub-dom kind of vibes here. But it is very, like, uncomfortable with, like, the whole girl getting turned on by, like, the fucking dog kind of scenario. Like, it does genuinely weird me out a little bit. I know some people have, like, bestiality or animal kinks. I get it, okay? But... It is quite strange. Um, like, I'm not trying to king shame for anyone, by the way, who does get turned on my animals. If that's your thing, then that's your thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was still funny. Other than that, it was it was funny. I, again, I, I it's one of those easygoing animes that you could just have a laugh at and admire the picture quality. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just strange. It's just strange. <laughs> I, I have no words. I just, <laughs> I just have no words. I like really literally, don't. his in the bath scene that you see in that trailer, his tail is wagging against her hoo ha, and she literally, basically orgasm screams. And I'm like, oh for fuck's sake, seriously? Um, I mean, to to a degree, you know, you can't blame a person. You know, if something just started tugging at your hoo ha, you would also get aroused by it. And I'm, I'm like. In this episode where he ends up snout in her hoo-ha. And she goes, oh, you naughty boy, that's not for you. And I'm like, oh, God. It's cringe, but it's that funny. I can't stop watching. <laughs> <sighs> Moving on to an anime that isn't cringe. is Revenger. This is dark, bloody, and brilliant. And... I thought I'd need to all these. There we go. So, Revenger. We had a very interesting hard and dark opening theme, which very suits the anime for this. Uh, we start to see some more of the church, where the main cast seem to do the acts of revenge for, under the guise of doing it for God. These people are called Revengers. Uh, for exchange of a gold coin with teeth marks, they'll take on anyone's reve revenge mission. We start to learn that these people have more inhuman abilities and gear, uh, and its impressiveness is incredible. I'm very impressed with the action. To give you guys an idea of the scale of their powers, we have this guy who can use a, a bow that's the size of, like, two full-grown men. Um, and when he uses it and draws it back, his body goes ripped and bright, kind of red, bright red, where you can see tension in all of his muscles. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting take. Uh, the girl is able to, like, kind of seduce anyone and uses, like, wires. 
You've got the guy with the angel on his back who uses gold leaf that hardens when it touches someone's face. Um, and you've got a guy who uses kind of what looks like, I'm not sure, kind of like bookmarks that are sharpened and throws them. It's, it's very interesting. Uh, and then you've got our newest member of the team, which is our main character, who is just quite simply uh, uses a samurai sword. So he's like the most boring. <laughs> Nothing wrong with using a samurai sword. Nothing wrong with using a samurai sword. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that was basically the episode. Like, don't get me wrong, they took a revenge mission for a woman and they, they carried it out. We got to see more character abilities and what they can do. And we just were like, we learned about the church and how they work for them. I kind of think the church has got an ulterior motive that none of these people know about. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more. It's it's not one that I really dubbed that I'd enjoy. I generally thought I'd drop this, but uh, I don't think it will be. It's uh, it's growing on you. It's growing on me. One that also fits this mold is Onomai. I'm now your sister. Wow, this anime is weird. I'm brilliant, but weird. Um, you know, this is a very short review I got for this one. Uh, it was a fun and playful opening that sets the tone for the anime completely. Uh, which uh, I yeah. It really was. Very hip-hoppy. Um, we had our typical obligatory shower episode. Uh, not as lewd as I was expected, honestly, considering the, the track record for this anime so far. And it basically taught Onisan to take care of his slash herself. Uh, and during this episode, he gets his, or she gets her, or they get their. I'm not really not sure what pronouns to use for this person at the moment. Uh, first, he gets her. <laughs> he gets her first period. Um... And the sister kind of has to teach him how to cope with this and like provides a hot water bottle and stuff like that and him still being a boy inside doesn't read signs and when she goes on to her period at the end of the episode he's like do you need some help do you want me to get you a hot water bottle things like that and she's like you've got no tact and slaps him and he's like but this is what you did for me not understanding still showing his boyish side um little things that we pick up on is the way he now sits is like a girl and she picks up on that and we slowly start to see him like becoming more human but more in a girly aspect which is i think about him the sister's mission is to, to make him have more of a routine and then turn him back um but who knows he might stay as a girl who knows i i be honest mate i don't understand what the issue is <laughs> she <laughs> offered him a hot water bottle he did the same for her and she got annoyed about it exactly exactly but I, apparently that's, a, not... that's an issue what <laughs> I, I, I don't get it yeah i mean I, I don't get it either mate but i don't understand most women i don't think any of us do mate now we will be moving on uh, in a minute to farming life in another world but before that another one that i've read the manga for and i'm very much looking forward to dubbing uh, uh reviewing with dav is the iceberg sorcerer shall rule the world again oh man i i hope this dub comes out soon dav this this is this is one that you're going to enjoy and I'm, I'm very oh, much looking forward to it. But after that one, guys, on a typical schedule, we have Farming Life in Another World. Now, as far as my anime go for this season, this is joint first with uh, High Card. Four of my favourites so far. It is feel good. It is lovely and hilarious. So, wow. This episode. So, what do we see? We see the dogs grow up. Uh, the puppies, that is. Um, which is lovely. They go out. Uh, bring home more partners. So he's got more dogs now uh, living with him. Nice little start there. Um, he then has a spider. We meet the spider dad finally. Uh, I say finally. Hey, and the spider's so adorable. The spider comes in. And 
lifts his arm up in like a wave and he's like spider and quickly whips out a, a top for him a brand new t-shirt because it's about to hit winter and he's like oh i'm gonna get cold and uh so the spider goes and lives up in the in the big tree that we've seen uh sorry i need to now. clarify something who whips out the top for who the spider made the top for the uh, main character okay he uses silk I couldn't... yeah but i couldn't tell if you were saying that the character made a top for the spider i got no, very confused sorry um and yeah so the spider starts making clothes for him uh, makes this nice uh, thick jacket for him to wear during the winter months and it's like it's so cute never thought i'd say that about a spider but it's so cute and it has babies so now we've got baby wolves and baby spiders um which are just as cute apparently in this anime anyway uh they, they are adorable. i'll show you the picture later Lance. They, they're adorable um uh, so yeah it was uh it's, it was very cute now then they find a water source finally because the wolves now protect him every time he goes out and they protect his protect his uh manlyhood and um so do the spiders actually uh, the the baby ones, uh, so he starts digging a trench up for for the water source to enter into his uh, into his crop farm now, and then we finally meet our first humanoid character. I'm saying humanoid because none of the characters I think that he's going to meet are going to be actually humans. The first character we've met is a vampire, um, and wow, is this a roller coaster? So the way he meets this vampire is just outside the village. The wolves take him to her, and She's like, ah, save me from these wolves. So he calls off the wolves and he's like, you okay, helps her up. And she bites him uh, uh, to great, regain her energy. The wolves attack again and she reverts back into like a child kind of form because she's used her, up her energy. And he's like, look, you can eat me this time because I, I know that, um, you know, my wolves attacks you. So she has a bigger feast this time, but not enough to kill him. And he invites her back. She's looking into medical herbs. Uh, she... You know, she's really infatuated by the fact that there's a farm in the mid, oh no, farm, um, like a little village he's trying to make in the middle of the, get this, the demon forest. We'll remember that. We'll touch back on that in a second. Um, and yeah, she, she's very much, you know, happy here. So just as so she's about to leave, he begs her to stay and she takes it the wrong way. He, she thinks he's engaging, like proposing to her and she's like well it's a bit sudden but yeah okay i'll, I'll say oh yeah okay cool. and she basically agrees to it and then she's like oh, are you proposing to me and he was like wait proposing proposing and she's like yeah weren't you proposing to me and like you can suddenly see on her face like the realization slowly started to dawn and that he wasn't proposing so to quickly save himself he's like yeah i'm just proposing to you will you marry me i was like oh for fuck's sake this guy moves fast so within episode two this guy's engaged now has about i think i think the statistic came at the end of the episode he now has 15 wolves, 10 spiders, and one humanoid vampire living with him. Um, which is just brilliant. But then. One humanoid, what a great descriptor. <laughs> then we cut to God. God explains that in this guy's first life, he gave an innocent man the outcome of a sinner. So that's why he got to be reborn. And he's like, oh well, uh, hopefully I don't fuck up again. And then realizes where he put this guy. In the middle of the demon forest, in the middle of the, this new world, in the middle of nowhere. There are humans in this world. There are traders, etc. There are villagers. He, this guy has no desire. To, he doesn't realize there are any for one. But he doesn't. He hasn't had any desire to leave his farm yet either. So God's like, oh shit. If this guy, if and when this guy dies, uh, I'll just say sorry and I'll re rebirth him again. So this guy's already guaranteed another rebirth. Um, 
But yeah, God's just basically fucked up twice with this with this guy's soul, basically. Which was just a hilarious little touch where God was like, oh, for fuck's sake, why do I keep screwing up like this? Um, so honestly, like, as a whole, this, ep- this anime is just... It's very feel-good. It's very... You know, it gives you happy vibes. You re- get really invested into it. You kind of want to see more. I really get, like, shit. Like, I, re- I don't want the episodes to end. I just want all of them out already. I want to binge it. That's that's how I feel about this show. That's how much I'm enjoying it. Um, yeah, it's, it's highly enjoyable. And I, I really, 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 really like the character designs. It is a sign of a good show when, you know, you, you're just desperate to watch another episode. Exactly. I just don't want to put it down. If they, if, if they batch released this anime, I would have watched it all within a day. Easily. Uh, yeah, I'm, I can totally see that. Especially with it being an isekai. Oh, 100%. 100%. I, I love this one so much. Um, if if it wasn't... For, well, it started first with High Card, but it's definitely my favourite isekai of the season at the moment. That is, uh, there you go. That's the, that's the little silver line we put there. Now, another anime that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I am is A Giant Beast of Ours. Ow, that was loud. Um, yeah, I mean, this isn't going to be a quick... This one's going to be a quick review because we, we do need to start getting through them. Um, it was a great episode. Now we see that the paladin, um, which is the man, is able to fuse with the spirits. So the, we see their fused form now. Um, you know, okay, let's do a fusion dance, guys. And uh, they get increased power. They can use new abilities, massive spears that go through like the fucking ship. Um, we learn a little bit more about her past and how she's being used by the Empire. And they escape the Empire. And that was literally the episode, defeating this big beast that appeared in the first episode, um, and showing more about this fused form that you can see here in the trailer with the golden hair and the this the spear user. Uh, we do learn that paladins, like I said, the guy over there, are very few and far between, so spirits do need to find a paladin uh, to be safe. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward to more. It does have a very good plot and a very good premise, so we'll see where uh, where it goes. Now, The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel, Northern Moor. I am happy and sad with this show. Obviously, it's based off of my favourite game series. I am a little bit sad by the animation. Uh, The animation could be better in places. A lot of people have picked up in it. It isn't the greatest. They have definitely lacklustered in places. Luckily, not the combat. The combat is definitely one one of the places where it excels in. But it's not the greatest animated, which is sad considering who's running it and the fact that, you know, it's it's a long series. It has the budget. Be that as it may, the episode as a whole uh, was, was brilliant. You know, it's, we find out there's set between Cold Steel 2 and Cold Steel 3, uh, which finally means we fill in a little bit of the time skip that happens between those two games. Um, and we learn a bit more about how Reen, the main character of the Cold, Seri- Cold Steel uh, quadrology, um, is seen as an enemy to Northumbria. Uh, our main character and her three um, kind of like allies are sent now to infiltrate the Empire and obtain more information on Reen. Uh, so they are definitely tying it into the games very well. Northumbria is worried about the Empire attacking after they've annexed um, the Crossbell state. Uh, and so it, it does set up a very strong and clear plotline and uh, lots of new characters that we've never seen before in the games. And it's very interesting. You know, it's, it's all that episode was, uh, was um, set up for what the rest of the anime is going to be like. Uh, whilst this opening week I will say that the opening was great 
I've seen obviously an openings from this game series before. It is a JRPG, like most JRPGs, they usually have opening themes. Um, so I did expect this this one to have a good opening, and I wasn't disappointed. Nice. Yeah. No, I've got nothing more to add to these, especially with it, you know, going going through so many. Well, we we did spend a little bit of time talking earlier, didn't we? <laughs> we certainly did. So going through them a little on a little bit of a higher place pace on guys, but not too fast because this is one I would like to talk about. Uh, it is it is a little bit of a comedy one. It is Buddy Daddies, yeah. Um, so first thing off, we do find out after another look at the picture that the kid is not his. The kid is actually uh the in the first episode they kill the brown haired guy who was in the like that penthouse that was her father what? so they killed her father uh so now they're really responsible uh i mean he was a mafia guy they were sent to be a hitman on him so you know he does feel a bit bad and shit but you know you kind of get it there there's this other hitman who's come back now who's got all this really dark and imposing persona we don't know much about we just see him give the number to the um to the guy and um yeah now where does this episode go what do you guys think happens when you take two hitmen uh who have these missions and add a toddler into the equation who wants to be taken everywhere with them what do you guys think happens i think it's shenanigans 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 she fucks up their mission um yeah i mean they pulled off the mission in the end because they fucked it up because of her uh, I presumably be given to this other guy that's come into the mix. I think the uh, information broker has caught on to the fact that they have her uh, because they did ask him like a bit of information, sneak, trying to be sneaky, but he was very obvious about uh, about it. Um, and whilst doing the missions, they're also trying to find and identify her mum so they can get her back home. It's very hilarious. Honestly stressful watching it because you're like, please don't fuck up the mission for them again. But, you know, that's kind of where the comedy comes into it then as well. Um, you know, they're trying to sneak in and they have this perfect plan to kill this guy. And she needs a pee, basically. And she knocks on the door. And these big mafia blokes are, like, welcoming this little girl and, like, come and have a pee. And then they're like, you all done? You okay? Have you washed your hands? Cool, okay. We're just going to send you out now. Um, do, do you know where your dad is? Yeah, I know where my dad is. And then she sees him around the corner. A, a smile bursts up bright and she goes, points to him and says, daddy's playing hide and seek and they're like wait what and then they catch on and it was just it's comedy and stressful at the same time guys don't sleep on this one it's it's hilarious okay she goes in you know they're like are you okay if you if you wash your hands and everything yeah sure and then she just she's the one who proceeds to kill them <laughs> yeah imagine oh yeah that, that was the other thing actually they play hide and seek at the start of the episode in their house and she pulls out an, an, an unloaded gun and they all start freaking out like oh my god get that gun off her <laughs> <laughs> see also that, that makes that shows that it comes full circle you know she's um uh she she the start of the episode they're playing hide and seek the end of the episode uh, she uses it, or later on in the episode, she says, they're playing hide-and-seek again! Yep, quite literally. Um, you can definitely see, guys, that they've taken inspiration as well from Spy Family, uh, which is a very popular anime last year with Anya. I'm sure you've all seen Anya at one point in time on social media. Um, a little pink-haired girl. You can see that this is starting to become a little bit of a trope, you know, little girl, spy kind of uh, setting, etc., or assassin kind of setting. I can kind of see this becoming a trope. But... 
I like it, so no complaints. Now, My Hero Academia. I knew the second half of this arc was going to be painful. Uh, I hate when things go wrong, a lot. And things in this anime just keep going wrong for the heroes. We see uh, All For One, which is the bad guy, for those of you who haven't watched My Hero. All For One is possessed Shigaraki's body. Uh, breaks out Tartarus, which is the most secure jail. Breaks all the villains out of Tartarus. Um, breaks his real body out, and we, re we reveal that he's actually looking to take over Shigaraki's body permanently. Um, and be done with his old body. Uh, so Shigaraki's trying to fight him inside. We always knew that there was something up with it. But hey, that's what happens there. He also busts out six other prisons. Which means villains are running rampant. Causing all sorts of crimes. Meanwhile, public outcry is against the heroes. Because obviously they found out that one of the... the you know, the current pro hero uh, being Endeavor. Uh, his firstborn son is actually Darby. The big, one of the biggest villains in the, in the League of Villains. Uh, so obviously there's massive public outcry there. They start to lose faith in the heroes. And then we catch up with uh, a lot of the heroes that were hurt during this uh, first half of this season. Uh, <coughs> most of them have woken up. Uh, you know, we've got Aizawa, who's actually lost a leg and an eye. Um, we've got, uh, obviously, Gran Torino, who's been battered and bruised. And he's, yeah. he's been in critical condition, but awake. They're all awake, apart from Deku. Our main character. And Bakugo loses it. He's like, Deku, you need to wake up. You know, Bakugo being the guy who bullied him all the way through school and then started to respect him and then they kind of became weird friends because Deku's that nice. He always saw Bakugo as a friend. Um, you know, that kind of character growth. And obviously, we've he's the only one other than All Might who knows about Deku's power. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, it's quite emotional seeing Bakugo's... Again, I should have named this week Good Week of Character Growth as well because Bakugo's got some insane character growth now as well. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a it's an emotional roller coaster at the moment. This anime, and I know it's only going to get worse because we're going to see during this season, this part of the season, guys, we're going to see Vigilante Deku. We're going to see him prioritize the other safety, and by doing that, feeling like he needs to leave everyone. As I mentioned previously, he's going to go off on his own, and you know, it's it's going to be a wow factor for sure. Um, and they're leading up to that, and they're doing a very good job of it so far. So, looking forward to more of My Hero Academia. Now, we're going to be going on to Tokyo Revengers Season 2. Now, as always, guys, usually before this, when we start reviewing dubs, we would have The Angel Next Door, Spoils Me Rotten, and Nier Automata Version 1.1a. But, you know, we're waiting for the dub releases, because, for some reason, it really annoys me. Why can't more anime be like Tomo-chan dub? Yeah, I know. Just suppose it's simulcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so frustrating. Okay. Uh, I completely agree there. No. Tokyo Revengers. We're getting heated up. So back in the past now, guys, remember he shook the hands with, with the guy that he always has to shake hands with to go back in the past. And we meet the future Black Dragon leader. Now, for those of you who don't know much about Tokyo Revengers, give you a quick rundown. It's basically like bike bicycle gangs. Um, And he's bowling. He wakes up bowling next to the future leader of the Black Dragon. Now... At this point, Takamichi is the leader of the first company of uh, Toman, and the the future Black Dragon leader is actually the vice captain of the second company of Toman, uh, which means he's currently on Takamichi's side. So why does he change? Well, that's kind of answered, we think, a little bit in the fact that he invites him to go back over to his house after the bowling and after all the games they play because they kind of become friends, and we see a massive group of Black Dragon members. 
How strange. Why would they be outside the house? And why would they say this is their turf? Cue the big brother coming in that we find out is the actual leader of Black Dragon. Which would mean that obviously something happens in the past to make to force the future leader of Black Dragon, Leaf Toman, um, to become the new leader of Black Dragon. So we're going to have to find out what happens. Uh, the episode kind of ends on a cliffhanger with the older brother telling the younger brother to kill Takamichi. Um, and we'll, find, we'll have to find out what happens. Maybe this is the first step to him um, leaving Toman. Maybe it's a case of kill Takamichi or join Black Dragon and leave Toman. And maybe he puts his friends first. Who knows? Who knows how it happens? Um, but it definitely doesn't seem that he's a bad guy. And as we've learned with Tokyo Revengers, more often than not, something happens that forces them to change sides. And it seems to be a recurring theme. So I definitely don't think he's inherently a bad person. Maybe he's just forced to, and uh, we need to find out what that is so that uh, Takamichi can change it and save the future. For uh, definitely one of my favorite time traveling anime, Tokyo Avengers, definitely take, puts a different twist on on the time travel kind of aspect. And uh, if you haven't watched it before, it's definitely one you should watch. Now, the reincarnation of the strongest exorcist in another world. I forgot about this one when I was reviewing earlier, Dav. Yeah. Yeah. What did you forget about it, sir? Well, this is also one of my favourites. <laughs> Ow! Shit! That put a spanner in my whole list. Oh, fuck it, duck. Okay. Um, hmm. Yeah, okay. So, first off, I'll say about this one, guys, is we have a very poor choice of opening music. Uh, I think this was the one where I actually skipped, sadly. Um, because it was just... Uh, it did not fit it at all. Uh, that, that, like Dav said to you guys earlier, I literally stated, like, no. I, I, what was it? I, what did I say? But I, I like skipped it like within like the first ten seconds of the opening. Yeah, like, it was something to the effect of this shit. is too boring. <laughs> yeah, um, but so we we learn that in this family that this uh, our main character is in, the only one brother gets to go on each given path. Now the one the middle brother remember was meant to be going to the magic academy however after seeing our mc's power uh, the father allows them to have a duel however he puts restrictions on the duel obviously so they end up having a duel at night instead because you know the middle brother generally just wants to kill him uh, and he loses uh and so our main character gets to go on to go to the magic academy the middle brother sent the army and we don't know what the oldest brother is yet but we do know that he's okay with our main character he actually gives him a glass pen and it's really cute, the kind of relationship they start to build. He kind of explains that you just never knew how to speak to him. Uh, we do learn that every, everything that was kind of was just kind of set up by our main character. Um, he he knew where the salamander would come from, etc. So this was all going according to his plan, basically. Uh, honestly, my favorite thing about this is simply the fact that we we get to see some insane powers and <coughs> an overpowered protagonist. But who everybody thinks is underpowered because he's got no magic. Uh, and yeah, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to some more of this for sure. He's just powerful in his own way. He is just powerful in his own in his own way. Now I am going to try and get through the next ones quickly, guys. So please keep up because the next ones we are quite behind today. So we're gonna try and blitz through them. So Misfit Demon King Academy season two. Quick thoughts. Ah. Uh, you know, it kind of became predictable with the sense of how they were going to have an intellect battle and the, one, the enemy would take you and outwit the Demon King and the Demon King's like, haha, no, I outwitted you. That was very predictable outcome of this episode for sure. I mean, you're fighting, 
the reincarnated Demon King. You weren't going to win. It's revealed that all of his protégés have special powers <coughs> to insane degrees, and one of them is uh, the God Candidate reincarnated. It was a very interesting episode. Looking forward to some more. Please, I hope they steer away slightly from uh, predictable tropes. But other than that, very much enjoyed it. Very glad that it's back. After that, we had Chilling in My 30s after getting fired from the Demon King's army. Of all the isekai slash kind of, uh, kind of isekai with the, without being a isekai anime, this is my least favourite. Um, I do find it a little bit boring, but I did like the sense, the fact that one of the four demon rulers is already saying like look we shouldn't have fired him he did more for us than you realize he helped us a lot he would carry me on his back he'd help me when i needed him we do really need him meanwhile we fired seven uh seven new um helpers we'll just call them in a row since firing this guy like we shouldn't have fired him so it's nice to see that they start to accept him but the main demon ruler of the four of them was like no i hate him so he's got some vendetta against him for some reason uh combat is very good no, I do like the combat scenes because they, they are very well done. But character directions need something more, is what I'm finding. Uh, it's very lackluster there. But as me and Dave have talked about in the past, you can have a good anime that's just mainly combat driven. I know this. Um, it's just not for everyone. So we'll see where it goes from there. After that, we have saving 80,000 gold in another world for my retirement. This was a different take on Anisekai, and this one's very interesting how she's now learning to use firearms to help protect herself in that other world. Uh, she's learned that one gold coin in that world is worth two thousand, uh, two hundred, sorry, dollars. Um, so she's kind of, and then she starts cluing herself up on medieval Europe because that's kind of where that world is set on. Um, so she's a very smart girl. We've learned, uh, very entrepreneur, um, trying to ready herself. And I'm, I'm looking forward to where this one will go in the sense of how quickly will she make her dollar? Uh, because she's, she's not stupid. She's got some good IQ. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very funny anime, and I I hope that I hope I, I hope want you to give this one a watch when it comes out in dub dub. I, I will. I'll be, I'll be interested to see your thoughts on that one. I will. I will give you a review in the next season. I think what I might do is when when these anime come out in dub, I might offer a second review of them. Of yeah, the that'd be version. good. That'd be good. I often rewatch anime dubbed as well because I like hearing the different voices and how they translate. Because you will often find that anime will have different translations when it, when put into English. If you've ever watched an anime on Netflix, especially guys, and you've watched it in English and you've had the English subtitles on as well, you'll notice that they never match up. Um, so it's, it's nice to see how things are changed in translation. I, that's something that's just like a I don't know a nerdy interest of mine. <laughs> Uh, then we have Don't Toy With Me, Miss Nagatora Second Attack. I mean, look, this is meant to be a double episode review. We are tr I am trying to get through them, so I'm just going to say, guys, Nagatora is such a tease. We know this from previous season. She's teasing him through all this, all these episodes. Um, you know, it was nice to see her be really protective when someone was bothering him about his art. Uh, and, you know, it was nice to see him, like... Give her her phone back when she lost it, and she was like, "Oh, did you hear our girly conversation?" He's like, "No," and they both get embarrassed, and it's cute because they've got like it's it's a rom com, you know, it's a rom com. Um, I think the highlight of these two episodes was seeing Nagatoro, uh, a year younger than him and half his size, carry him on his shoulders when he sprained his ankle during their run. Um, that was just hilarious. Uh, and we meet her older sister, Anatoro. Uh, Nagatoro and Anatoro. That's kind of a, kind of a mouthful. I say that three times fast. Um, yeah, very much enjoyed it again. 
brilliant episodes and another one that I've highly recommended since season one. One we'll take a little bit more time on and we won't rush through is Blue Lock. You guys know that I love this one. Um, and we've headed into the 2v2 now. Now, Nagi and um, Isagi are facing up against Narahaya and Baro. Now, Baro is what was known as the god of football during the last uh, season, but he is very arrogant. His power was to rush through. So if he gets the ball, he can steamroll through you. Uh, and he's got a range of, I think it was 28 meters, uh, which is like over half the field. Uh, now higher whilst not having any abilities his the difficulty with him being on this team is the fact that he was nagi's old teammate so he knows what nagi can do um so we've got a difficult matchup here uh whereas sorry not nagi isagi who's isagi's old teammate our main character uh so isagi and nagi kind of have to work out how they're gonna beat these two and uh, as per usual with Blue Lock, as as I noticed in one of the comments, we often see the trope of Isagi's shit. Isagi's brilliant, Isagi's shit. Isagi's brilliant. That's kind of how these episodes go. So we, in the second half of this episode, we do see them on a losing foot. Prediction for next episode, they'll be on the winning foot, we'll probably win. Because if they don't win, they're going to be kicked out. And at the end of the day, that wouldn't leave us much for a season two, would it, considering we've only just started. Sorry, part two of season one, I mean. Second call. Um... So we know that he's going to win. Like, common sense would tell you that he's going to win. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how. And we finally made it to the last one, Dav. We got there. We're getting there. We're getting there. We got there. Uh, we, 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 need to, we need to pace our conversations through this next time. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe just like, wait, each week just change the order so we spend more time on... on yeah, yeah, that'd, that'd be a good idea. I'm, I'm, I might look into doing that. Maybe I'll do it in reverse order next week. Um, but, you know, we might have to cut one next week because honestly, guys, Handyman side doing another world. This one is... How do I put it? I want to enjoy it. I want to. Uh, a part of me does. But what I really don't like about this anime is the way it's formatted into... A 20 minute, like I said to you guys before, it's based on shorts. Little shorts that were put into a comic. So they already don't have much content to go off of. And the way they've done it is 20 minute episodes split into three minute segments of like little short stories that are very incoherent. Sometimes skip into characters we've never seen or met before, have no relation to at all. Never seen our main character interact with. Whilst it's comedy, whilst it's funny in places, and I do like our full main cast i can't quite look past the format of this anime because in all honesty it's very incoherent and as i mentioned before it worked with something like kaguya summer love is war where they did episodes with like two or three parts in them uh based on like different days of the school this just doesn't work at the moment and i will give it the three maybe four episode rule don't get me wrong we will see if it gets better maybe I could look past it if we just had a bit more coherency. I don't mind the split up, but just give me some coherency to it because there's, there's just not coherent at all. It's very messy. It feels like we're jumping around the place a lot and it's, it leaves the viewer quite disorientated is what I'm finding. Um, so it would be nice to have a little bit more um, coherency from it because whilst it's funny and lighthearted, lighthearted it does lack any plot direction and it leaves you know an anime for the isekai genre which is a very story driven genre begging for more uh and honestly i do feel like like i read in my notes 12 episodes of an anime formatted like this will be like beating a dead horse um so i think it's a bit a great idea for the anime i like the plot line 
uh we're, we're in the sense of sorry not the plot line i like the idea of you know the the main character doesn't have any physical ability strict great abilities he's like a thief or a master artisan or a locksmith etc he has no he's a handyman um but it was poorly executed so uh hopefully we see some improvement hopefully oh but we made it through our reviews dad yeah, yeah, yeah we got there in the end we survived I'm. Uh, I am sorry, guys, that that took a little bit longer than usual. Uh, guys, it's uh, whilst it is usually a lot to get through, we did get a little bit sidetracked on quite a few times, and I was trying to eat at the same time. That was that was on me. But uh, I, I know that you guys are good eggs, and and you don't always mind, so we're we're good to go. Anyway, why don't you introduce our character versus character for this week, Dad? What are we basing it on? Well, as we said earlier in the episode, Mike, this week we are basing it off thunder or lightning users. Now, unfortunately. Uh, I haven't been picking these um, <laughs> the the criteria for these, and quite honestly, the only characters that I know of uh, all seem to come from the same anime. So <laughs> I feel like I feel like Mike is deliberately picking stuff <laughs> who knows where I can only pick from one anime to make me look like a dumbass. <laughs> so. <clears throat> Uh, Thunder and Lightning, I could have, uh, to be honest, the only other strong wielder I know of is Gil Thunder from Seven Deadly Sins, but it's not a character that I know enough about that I would feel comfortable using them as a character versus character. Uh, of course, uh, they, I did consider uh, using Natsu again uh, due to him gaining, it literally Loxus's power in the later arcs. Uh, but I thought rather than picking that, so again, I will I will just pick Loxus Dryer, the grandson of the current fairy tale guild leader, who's leader number three, six, and nine, or something, or three, seven, and nine, <laughs> something like that. Um, he's uh, he is a second generation dragon slayer, meaning he has a dragon lacrima implanted into his brain as opposed to first generation so he wasn't actually taught by a dragon himself he is an incredibly strong wizard uh he's one of the uh, at the start of the anime he's one of only five s-rank wizards in the entire guild um potentially on the same part as mr gin i would say the only person stronger than him in the guild uh, would have been guild arts uh, who is just on another level? Obviously Natsu, but that's that's different. Uh, he's a man who has full control of lightning, uh, much like Natsu and Grey. He has being a slayer. He has the ability to consume lightning as long as it's not his own to recharge his power and make himself stronger. Meaning against another lightning user, he's less effective. Uh, the only lightning he can't consume would be other slayer types so god slayer and demon slayer with whoever's mikey's character is not being one of those two that would mean he's uh that would be an issue for him he's very adaptable in a fight he's sparred with natsu many a times who which would basically give him a good uh, he has a good base to adapt to a fight because natsu's fighting is just chaotic it's like he's so empty-headed even he doesn't know what he's going to do next so he's got the ability to adapt to any situation. He's also proven to be able to beat a god slayer and uh, one of, I think, uh, the fifth strongest wizard saint. There are only ten wizard saints in the world. Um, the top four are not even human. So Jura, the one he beats, is the fifth strongest. Uh, so he is incredibly powerful, incredibly adaptable in a fight, able to consume lightning, uh, and able to use some pretty damn cool attacks 
and he's able to use the lightning to increase his speed as well, meaning he's incredibly difficult to hit. Uh, so I think I've got a good, good character there. Hopefully, Mike, next week you will pick something that means I can pick someone who's not from Fairy Tale. <laughs> Honestly, whether it's from Fairy Tale or not, I don't. I don't personally think it's an issue. You pick your characters. I could easily have picked Naruto for every think this week uh what i will say is for this particular uh showdown which is like i said earlier guys thunder and lightning you i think aloxus is a good pick period whether you is is repetitive that you pick a fairy tale or not because he always appears in the top five lists for um lightning and thunder users always um and and uh, also top five lists oh in the top five of lists of strongest characters from all of fairy tale yeah so he's he's a solid solid pick. Uh, I went with a, a newer gen anime. I went from what is considered well, you know, I I hate this term, guys, but I use it for for some of you, well, not millennials, Gen Gen Zs, Xs, Ys, whatever we have out there, who like to call it the new big three. It's not, but um, Black Clover being one of them. Now I went for Luck Luck Voltia, uh, as the name suggests. You know, he uses thunder. Who would ever have gathered that? Um, he is a fifth class junior magic knight of the Clover Kingdom's Black Bulls. The squad that everyone knows is filled with misfits and people with insane powers, uh, who often or not have twisted personality to go with them. Um, he is also, as revealed later on, the human vessel for the elf Lufulu. Uh, who is an elf who hated humans. However, he was able to harness this elf's power eventually, allowing him to use his elven thunder. Now, he is also known as the Smiling Battle Maniac, the Smiling Combat Field, the, the Ecstatic Luck, and the cherry, the cherry Berserker. This being because he's always happy-go-lucky and wants to fight everything he comes across. Uh, he is the definition of a battle junkie. Um... So when when it comes down to it, like it, the stronger you are, the better. Um, he 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 gets stronger the the stronger his opponent is. Uh, that's one of his abilities in his grimoire. Um, the stronger that you are, the more friction his lightning can produce, and that will cause him to become more powerful. Uh, Luck has three forms. So he has his base form that you see here. He has his thunder speed form, which is where he has basically the lightning kind of formed into boots around his feet and increases his speed. And he has his thunder god form, where he produces um, claws, gauntlets, shoulder pads, uh, and full leg armor out of lightning. Um, obviously, as you can tell, his his attribute is lightning. He is able to manipulate it. He's able to concentrate it into his hand. He's able to release it. Uh, uh, after he experienced Lufalu controlling his body, that greatly improved with his elven lightning. Um, he also learned the true lightning magic from the Heart Kingdom, which means now he can manipulate real lightning instead of just magic lightning, uh, as well as other people's lightning. He also has creation magic, with, which allows him to form objects uh, out of lightning, like lightning hammers, lightning swords, uh, all kinds of things like that. And reinforcement magic, which allows him to basically beef up his lightning into layers into a kind of shield. Uh, obviously not impenetrable. Nothing is impenetrable. There's always a weakness. But that is one of his most well-known abilities that I think he had near the start of the anime. And he has 
compound magic, uh, where he's able to combine his own magic with that of his friends or his enemies to create more powerful spells. For instance, with Magnus Flame Lightning, Lightning Explosive Cannon, or with the guy that I can't remember from the Diamond Kingdom who also uses lightning, where he absorbed his lightning to make the God Thunder Arrow. Uh, other than that, for basic abilities, he's expert in hand-to-hand -hand combat, uh, enhanced mana senses, and he has immense speed and durability. Uh, his weakness is his personality. Uh, he doesn't know when to stop. He He's a battle junkie. He could literally have torn out his lungs, his liver, his spleen, and he would still try and get up and fight you. Uh, no matter what. We've seen him be completely knocked out and white-eyed and he still managed to use his magic to control his body whilst being knocked out and still try to fight. Um, which was very much interesting because they basically had to kill him and bring him back to, to stop him from fighting. But that by no means means that he is the strongest. He is actually probably one of the mid-tier for the Black uh, Bulls considering we, we know of at least three or four other characters who can beat him in a fight. So I, I do feel like in, in this matchup, they are very evenly matched. I'm looking forward to seeing all your opinions. Yeah, absolutely. So remember, guys, you've got to get into the Discord server to be able to vote for this. Uh, the Discord server link will be posted uh, at some point in the chat, hopefully by Lam if he's still there. Uh, so I've also just had a look while you were giving your, uh, your speech, Mike. Uh, for last week's, which was the Ice Wielder users, I myself picked Grey Fullbuster, again from Fairytale. You picked Ezdeath from Ak uh, Akamiga Kill. Uh, you won that one. Okay. Uh, so, congratulations there to Mike. Uh, hopefully, this week will be different. Hopefully, I'll get a victory this week. <laughs> but we shall see uh, on Monday next week, because don't forget, we are changing to Mondays next we week. We are to Mondays, yes. Also, I like how uh, the lightning in this, in this little matchup here are different colours. That was just very aesthetically pleasing to me. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's very nice little touches like that. can sometimes make, you know, make or break. Uh, you know, this is it's a nice little bit of animation, you're right. Yeah. Let me let me F11 out. Let's see, you guys can get on that full screen. Now, what what segment do I have after this? Do, 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 do. We are talking JRPGs next, guys, with the Legend of Heroes Trails series. Can't actually remember if I've touched on this before uh, in relation to um, just, just previous episodes, but we're going to go through it today. Now, please ignore where it says we're just starting the Trails series. I'm only using this as a kind of background video. Uh, so you guys can see all of the Trails games, basically. Now, the Legend of Heroes Trails series is a series that spans multiple ge consoles, generations, and multiple games and timelines, and even anime now, as you are all well aware. It is situated in this uh, in the country of... Um, no, not Erebonia. Erebonia is one of the countries. You know what? I've got the continent, but it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> uh, but basically, it is very much formatted like an anime in the sense of you have different arcs the first three games are called the sky trilogy 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 what the hell trilogy trilogy um which was simply named the legend of heroes trails in the sky trails in the sky second chapter and trails in sky the third and this followed estelle bright joshua bright and in the third game uh guy who I can never remember because he's pretty much irrelevant honestly and I don't know why they made a third game but hey ho um, bit harsh but alright yeah 
uh, well, honestly, like a lot. Usually, as I'll explain as we go through this, they'll bring characters into future games, even if it's not their arc. It's it's kind of fan service. We've never seen this guy come back. Period. Um, now, the story of the trail series often align with each other. To give you guys a kind of idea what I mean here, so. It's set on a timeline and the games are formatted in the same timeline. You know, each game goes on, the years go on. Now, when we start Trails in the Sky, Estelle and Joshua are still, like, early teens. By the time we get to Cold Steel, they're mid to late teens. Um, but they do appear in those games. Remember that. To give you guys another example of what I mean, we also see parallels. So, the Crossbell duology, uh, meaning two games, which were Trails... Uh, the Legend of Heroes trails into Azure, and the trails, uh, the Legend of Heroes trails into Abyss. Um, uh, sorry, trails from Zero, not trails into Abyss. Were based in Crossbell, the annex state which the anime has currently mentioned as well. You may remember that. That was based in the exact same parallel time uh, as the Legend of Heroes trails of Cold Steel one and two, because it tells the story of how the they were at war with Erebonia and it tells one side and the other side and then what happened and what goes on and then we have Cold Steel 3, Cold Steel 4 and Hajimari no Kiseki, Kuro no Kiseki and Kuro no Kiseki 2. There's a lot of games in this series. The reason I recommend this series to any JRPG fans is because of its coherency. The story is ongoing through all games uh, which means Whilst they do have their own plot lines, each like arc, the overall story is one continuous massive story that is told over all these games. And I don't think I can remember or know of a game series that does that, that has done 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 games and, and more, uh, all telling one story. Um... If you guys can think of any, please feel free to let me know in Discord, Twitter, in chat, in message, in chat here now. Uh, but I don't think I can think of any other games that have done that. Um, and, you know, to me, that's a massive project and a massive thing. To be able to tell a massive story and have planned a massive story and tell it over all these games, letting them have their own arcs, letting each arc have its own specific cast of characters. Like, the first three games had Joshua and Estelle Bright and their party. The second two games had the SSS with... Um, the, the people you see on screen by your Lloyd actually and Cold Steel had Reen and uh, all of his schoolmates and the new the new ones even have a new uh, load of people and you'll notice each arc is set in a different um, country in the continent so the first one was set in Liberal the second arc was set in Crossbow the third arc was set in Erebonia the fourth arc is set in Calvard um, all on the same continent and all telling this massive story about, you know, how Ouroboros, the big um, bad organization, is trying to take over the world and uh, trying to destroy it and all, all these kind of things. And it, it's so in-depth and so well done. And the combat is very, very good. And the animation, obviously, being a JRPG, is also very good. I just highly recommend that any JRPG fans play this. Now, I will say that if you are an action or RPG or FPS oriented person, you probably won't be a fan because it is turn-based combat. But if you like turn-based combat and a very good story, and if you're a fan of JRPGs, I highly recommend you give it a go. And especially if you maybe have been come, if you're new to the series from watching the anime, then this will be a prime time for you to go and play the games. And uh, nothing but dead silence. Oh, yeah. I have nothing to add as I'm not uh, an RPG guy. 
Yes. Um, no, it definitely sounds uh, like an interesting game. Uh, and it's kind of cool that it's done in the way of, um, you know, uh, an anime such as having arcs and the such. So it's well, kind of yeah, cool. That's, that's why I was going to pick your brain about, obviously, you're not an RPG fan. But do you know of any other games that have done it over that many games, like one coherent story? Over how many games again, sorry? Uh, 13 so far and more going. Uh, not that I know of. I, I just think that's a massive feat of storytelling with it, personally. That's uh, one that I've never seen or encountered before. I've really sold it. But, guys, you know, you can make your own decisions for that. I hope that you guys go ahead and play it. Now we're heading, hedging into our home stretch. We're going into our anime uh, recommendations, Dav's checkup with his webtoons, and the news. So please stay tuned. The first uh, anime highlight, which is obviously one of the last year, uh, is Summertime Rendering, which has recently become available on Disney Plus worldwide. This was the anime that was region locked to Japan. After everyone's outrage to Disney, they finally unlocked it from the region. And now Disney have made a pledge that they will release anime worldwide, which is a major feat and also reduces Crunchyroll's monopoly after buying Funimation. It's a good thing. It means no increase in prices for anime watchers like ourselves to subscriptions. And it also means that we get more content and we're not having to go on, you know, the Yo-Ho-Ho Bay or uh, try try and find other means to watch it. So uh, on that note, guys, come and watch the trailer to Summertime Rendering because I think this one was uh, a golden gem that I'm, lo- I'm glad that they're not uh, region locking anymore. And it's only a short trailer and I'll give you a little bit of an explanation afterwards. So yeah, guys, that was Summertime Rendering. I'm not sure if it has a dub. I can't remember. Um... Honestly, I feel like I should start like, maybe hosting something in the Discord. Like, we have a watch-along for a show. We pick a show, we start watching it uh, an episode or two weekly or something. Um, might be might be a nice idea because this is definitely one I'd start off with. This is an anime that revolves around time loops. And constantly being basically killed. And having to find out what is going on on this mysterious island. Why are his friends, family members, etc. being killed? Uh, Who are these mysterious beings? And how can he stop it? And every time time loops, a couple of seconds, maybe a minute, is shaved off from his respawn point, shall we say. Uh, So he's only got a finite amount of loops before he can't loop anymore. And it's really all screwed for him. Um, so yeah, I'm very interested to see uh, your thoughts and opinions on this, guys. Give Summertime Rendering a go. Uh, it is on Disney+, Plus and very, very much worth the watch, and I can see why it was definitely voted one of the best anime of the last year. Not one that I've seen. I'll have to check out if it's got a dub. Well, it's not one I saw until recently either. I've, it's, it's that impressive, bear in mind, that it got uh, anime one of the anime of the season last year, even though it was only region locked to Japan, which meant obviously people had to go through special means to watch it, which not a lot of people will do. Um, or And it would also had obviously Japanese voters as well. So it, it had a significantly smaller sna- sample size and still managed to rake in that kind of impressiveness. So yeah, definitely, definitely uh, have a look if it's got a dub. But... Our second recommendation, which is the Lambacy Show recommends, is from All Time, and it's one of my personal favourites. I can't actually remember if I recommended this before, so if I have, well, screw it. You're getting it again. I don't think I have, though. This is Konosuba.
I hope you all enjoyed that trailer as much as I do every time I see it. Uh, yeah, Konosuba, guys. It's an isekai. It's brilliant. We're getting another season. We're also getting a spin-off film about Megumin, the fire mage that you saw there. And it's basically about these guys with great powers, but loads of flaws. They're, ba they're a bunch of misfits, and it's hilarious, as you can tell by the trailer there. It, it was, it's exactly, exactly what you said in Shaba there. Uh, it, the, the end, of the second half of that trailer was like the retro nineties. It was, it was hilarious and left field, and that's basically it sums up the anime. Anywho, David. Yes, good sir. Well, good sir. Do, do, what, what about your your webtoon? Are you want you want to check in on these people? Yeah, I am. So obviously, last week I recommended uh, to read Ready. Uh, sorry, Ready. Return to Player. I was going to say Ready Player One. Then I don't know what's wrong with my brain today. So Return to Player. Uh, obviously, I, I didn't give too much of a descriptor of it last week. Uh, I'll give a bit more of a descriptor for it this week. So essentially, it's uh, it's a game. Uh, it's a game. Yeah, it's a game. The world is a game uh, created by the the game master. We don't know who that is yet, or at least I don't. Mike's a little bit further ahead than me. Uh, and it's uh, the gods play and humanity is essentially just the playing pieces and uh the gods just it's a it's it's essentially like the hunger games you know where it's for the gods amusement everyone fights each other there's monsters all of that essentially the story starts with the main character uh, he's the last surviving human uh he's beaten the game uh, nobody else is alive he then gets a pop-up which says would you like to restart uh, or, or would you like to have a second playthrough? So essentially, you know, he gets to take back his level with him and go back to the beginning. So he does that, and this time he sets up with the goal to save as many people as he can, whereas previously he only cared about himself. He uh, obviously has knowledge from the past, so he's able to adjust his actions accordingly. However, of course, because the world then changes based off his reactions... Uh, or based off his new actions, the the future also changes. So he doesn't know everything that's going to happen, how people are going to react, because he is then cha actively changing the future that he once saw. So it's the story about him uh, challenging on. If anybody has read it in the chat, uh, I'd love to know, see how far you've gotten. Um, it's also, uh, initially in the first playthrough, he let his girl die. I say his girl, it's, you know, it's the main, it's the main girl, so it's probably going to be his girl, called Jisoo. This one, he's, she dies on the first day, basically. Uh, and, yeah, she starts, uh, so he saves her, uh, like, on day one, and they start going together. So, uh, Star has read it. Star, how far roughly have you gotten? What's roughly where are you bounce in the story? I'll base it off where you are to discuss. So, what's, what's, what's happening? What's what's the what's the situation going down? Roughly where you've gotten to, episode twenty three. Cool. I have no idea what happened in episode twenty three. I'm horrific at episodes. It's just especially because I recently, somewhat recently, read it. I sort of binged it. I have no idea when episodes yeah, start. I'm, I'm I have just I have just read the whole thing. Uh, I have no idea when stuff happened. Episode twenty three. Dirty farmer? Is that what it was called? Dirty farming, yeah. Uh, Dirty farming. Uh, okay, yeah, oh, so there's the yeah, overseers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I probably actually stopped that. Go go back to episode 22. 
because they said episode 23. Oh, yeah. They yeah, may yeah, have yeah. not read episode 23 yet. They may. Episode 20. Not maybe the next one. Oh, they've, we'll they've, just, they've just cleared the, the, the holder. Ah, so they've just beaten the beholder. So this was. Is this where. Uh, yes. So this is the one where the spear, the legendary spear, is there. He smacks up the dragon. So obviously you can see that he's beaten essentially what is like a sentinel, I believe that one. No, that one wasn't the sentinel, was it? That one was like a raid no, boss. No, yeah, yeah. The sentinel was at the top. So the dragon was the sentinel, and the raid boss was the the overseer. That's down it. Below. Yeah. So he's now he's now going around killing sentinels, which is unfortunately drawing a lot of attention to him. Uh, so I think uh, yeah, by the story, that's the second sentinel he's now killed. Um, so yeah, it's interesting to see. Um, even as as a reader, uh, we don't fully know what's going on in his brain. He'll say something like, I need to go here because this person is important. But we have no idea who that is until the story tells us. So I'm really enjoying it. Star said so far so good. I'm glad. It's one of Mike's favorites. Uh, it's between this and another one which I've yet to recommend uh, as part of the podcast. But he is, that's my other one that I recommended to him. Between those two that are his favorite. So. Yeah, Dav knew where to hit the nail on the head for me when he was recommending these guys. So Absolutely. Yeah. It's a combination of knowing you and just magically finding good shit to Yeah, ex- exactly. Um, you guys need to take what he says in good stock because he knows it. <laughs> Uh, one thing I will add in here, uh, this is Dabs Baby, I do just want to add this, guys. Uh, if I do recommend also getting on the app, because you can get the newer episodes on the app, the PC version does not let you have the latest episodes. Which, whilst I think is kind of ass, hey, they, they're trying to sell their platform, I get it. Yeah, you know, that's completely fair. Uh, you say you're trying to sell like a platform, I don't get it, because the website is still their website, so... I don't know why that is the way it it's is, strange, but isn't it? <laughs> the part, at the end of the day, everything that is out for uh, that is essentially for free is out on the website. If it's uh, behind um, the paywall, which is with coins, some episodes go behind like an ad wall so that you, you can watch a short thirty-second ad. Seven days later, the ad goes away and it's just a normal episode. Uh, you need the app for that, but other than that, the website works fine. So I'm really glad that Elstar is enjoying it. Uh, next week, I'll bring it up again. And I look forward to um, I look forward to seeing if Alstar's gotten any further, uh, you know, see what they thought about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. So for the rest of this month, of course, um, we will be doing. I will continue to discuss Return to Player each week. I'll sort of go a little bit further in the story as well. So if you're worried about spoilers, you can mute the stream for a minute, uh, or you can just keep tr- keep trying uh, trying to keep up with the reading for everybody else. So <laughs> I won't go I won't go all the way up to like where. Roughly what episode is out now? What ninety five? Or is there more out than ninety five now? Uh, yeah, there's the there's hundred and five. So the ten, the ten, the ten extra so episodes that are on the mobile app. So hundred and five. Uh, okay, okay. So there's ninety five episodes that I've read because I haven't seen the newer ones. Uh, I won't go that far. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be keeping it sort of maybe half of what's currently released generally in terms of however long the webtoon is i'll probably get up to about halfway of where it's released up and to within the month so i I won't be spoiling the newest stuff that's come out um yeah and obviously don't forget that going forwards we will now be on mondays not tuesdays so you might get an extra one uh this month i don't know when the last day of the month is but who knows we'll try not to talk your ear off as much next time guys <laughs> i did just a bit of extra you know information there um about it but yeah I, i'm i'm really enjoying it uh, and i look forward to seeing what else people think of it uh, on future reviews yeah I'm, I'm with you there completely i uh i very much i'm looking forward to seeing more people's reactions. Uh, luckily, guys, we don't have much news to cover this week either. 
We had a couple of things, so the Mysterious Disappearances anime adaptation has officially been announced. Uh, Final Fantasy VII The First Soldier has finished its online services as of today, January 11th, 2023. Well, it says they said on the... you know what I mean. Um, hopefully maybe one day it could be standalone in the future, but who knows, it did only last a year, such as the fate of mobile games. Um, just in, solo leveling side story preview cover was released, you can find that online. Uh, the chapters will be starting to be released weekly starting January 21st, which is starting on my birthday. Uh, very excited for this uh, as solo leveling as original manga slash webtoon slash light novel. It released it in loads of different media. Uh, did finish as the creator did unfortunately pass away. However, it is being brought back obviously with the anime coming back and now is having the side story and we are sort of very speculated there's going to be about the main character's son which will be interested to see and of course which means more content for the anime as well which was great timing uh we did have uh, an anime announcement tales of wedding rings tv anime has been announced and then possibly the biggest news for this week is we had a massive leak for the final fantasy series for their 35th anniversary segment that will be coming out on february the 7th please take what i'm about to say guys with a pinch of salt whilst it does correlate to uh the nvidia leak that happened last year and to a lot of speculation from uh, creditable leakers on twitter it is still a 4chan leak please take with what i'm about to say with a pinch of salt so the runtime for the announcement is speculated to be an hour and 24 minutes. Press release is meant to come out on February 2nd, so they will get it five days before the official announcement. Uh, the opening to the series, the the uh, the show is meant to be just a little presentation of Final Fantasy's history, and then we should be getting the following announcements: Final Fantasy Pixel Remaster promotional video, Theatrism Final Bar Line promotional video Hironobu Sakaguchi presents Final Fantasy 9's remake probably one of the biggest ones in the announcements here is Final Fantasy 9 getting a remake this has been speculated numerous times before World of Final Fantasy 2 a Mog of Light May 19th 2023 is the speculated release day as well for that or oh, I should say leaked sorry stories from Ivalice War of the Lions this is a remake slash remaster of Final Fantasy Tactics the War of the Lions or that was originally a PSP and its previous version Final Fantasy Tactics which was on the PSX. Uh, Final Fantasy 10 3, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth Memories and Final Fantasy 16 Focal Presentation Announcement. There's some big leaks there guys uh, for instance we don't know what 7 Rebirth Memories is, 10 3 which has always been uh, speculated, stories from Evil East World of Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy 9 titles that were speculated but we're never sure about this gives it a little bit more credibility considering it is a leak and it has been leaked in a few different places uh, over the last year. So we will see what happens on February the 7th. Exciting to be... Uh, I'll be excited to find out what that means. Oh, so am I, mate. So am I. Now, on that note, I think it's time we do our closing segment. Is that it? It is it. Wow. Oh, yeah, we make, we make good time in the end. We didn't even get to 10 o'clock. Uh, yeah, well, you know, the the moment of uh, <laughs> when I stopped just chatting bollocks uh, <laughs> to you after each review, uh, yeah, that, that happened. It, it, it was more of a, oh, shit, we need to rush this shit. And then we realized, oh, wait, we rushed it maybe a little bit too quickly. <laughs> but you know what, guys? T t 20 minutes cut short. I'm sure we're fine there. Uh, do you have any closers there? Do you have anything you want to say? Anything you want to discuss? 
Uh, no, um, you know, other than obviously, you know, thanks to everyone who's here watching. Uh, you know, we, we appreciate all of you. We appreciate the, you know, whether you talk in chat, whether you don't talk in chat. We love all of you. We're grateful for it. And, you know, I'm really grateful as well to this opportunity. Um, you know, and also, do you know what? I'll say thanks to Lamb as well while I'm here. You know, the, the Lambency Show, um, they host us. So, you know, I've got to give thanks to them as well. Because without them, we wouldn't be able to do this, which we love. Yeah. And of course, you know, just to finish it out, Mike is enjoying playing with his pussy. I was enjoying playing with my pussy. This one's called Keanu for those who haven't met her before. Um, yeah, guys, mirroring what Daph said there, thank you to everyone who's come. Thank you to those of you over on Rumble who are currently watching. Um, I'm, I am hope you all enjoy us being on the new platform over there. Uh, we are trying to spread out our medium. We'll be back next week on Monday, uh, where I will be a year older and probably just as sleep-deprived as ever. Um, uh, in the meantime, guys, please enjoy your weeks and weekends. I know for sure I am. I will be in some shape or form, unless my torture is as real as I've said at the start of the show. Then you may see me bald. Um, <laughs> but on that note, guys, uh, we that's goodbye from me. Goodbye. And a goodbye from me. See you later.